Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio, and with me I have our usual guest, Rich Lotto. What's going on? Not much, man. Just trying to stay away from this Rona. Oh, man, the Rona. Uh, We'll get back to the Rona in a second, but uh, today we have a special guest, Mike Sipervivi of F4W Online. What's going on, Mike? I'm here to bring the COVID-69. That's that's what I'm here. For. So if, if your ladies are out there listening, you want to be infected by me? You just you just hook me up. Give me a call, and, and I'll slide into your DMs. It's been a while since I've been here. Now you know why. See, oh, man. how many how many times have you been on the show? How many times? I think once, twice, whatever. whatever. It's probably been too many. That's, so, we know that. Yeah, like that. New, like when we were in uh, that bar in New York, that, that could have been two shows. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty much. It's pretty Legendary much. Legendary nice. Yeah, I, I see that. Like conversating with you, listening to you almost every single day, and then like by conversating with you, it seems to me that like Brian keeps you on your best behavior. <laughs> The FCC does that. Brian actually puts me on some of my worst, but somehow oh, I'm able to actually like harness it in. People are like, man, sometimes you, you seem to to not be able to find the words when you're doing that show, and it's mostly because one, I just woke up right before it started, and two, when you want to curse but can't, that that Ooh. is a painful, helpless feeling that 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 few really know. Mm. We we gotta have you on there with the uh, with the live sensor, like Biggie when he would freestyle on the radio and he had to censor himself. <laughs> I can't censor myself, so I need that seven-second dump button, and I can really use one. Oh, man. Yeah, so because of all the nonsense that's going on this this week in wrestling and the world, honestly, I mean, so much has happened. Um, but I think, the, I think the most pressing issue right now is, um, as we all know, huge, huge, uh, huge big deal. The J Electronica album dropped. Oh my god! 
after almost a decade. It's dropped. No, I'm not playing. Crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, I man. heard it. It's twelve remixes of uh, Exhibit C. It really, it really is. That would be yeah. hilarious in this case. Is that it's true? Exhibit Rich? lowercase C, Exhibit D. Yeah, I mean, like in Spanish, yeah, it's all that. I I listened to it and just thoroughly unimpressed, like with J Electronica. Um, I, quite frankly, I think we're dealing with like the hoodwinking and scam of a lifetime, like how his entire career is played out. I don't get it. I, I, I would, you know. As That's far as I'm concerned, you don't follow the mathematics of it. Correct. So you, you, you haven't opened your mind to that yet. You haven't you haven't felt all the, the the fruits of the earth yet to understand what's going on with harmonica, electronica, dramica, <laughs> lamica, all that. Uh, like he might as well be rapping at hieroglyphics. Yeah, he might as well be rapping at hieroglyphics. As uh, far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, so my perspective on on him is. I fell off in rap and music in general in 2014. Um, and then, but I, you know, you heard the exhibit C stuff, all the exhibit songs or whatever else showcases he were, he was doing. And you heard some of the beats that just blaze had made for him or whatever. But it, I remember there was one verse that he had. It was like, it was almost like that, that, um, that huge Lamar control verse where you heard him. He's like, yo, this is like verse of the year. Um, I can't remember what song it was. It was so long ago, but I heard that. And then from there to hear that, like, it's coming and it's like, oh yeah, is it coming the same way the detox is coming? Um, and for him to drop the album and then to hear people saying like, you know, it's Watch Your Throne 2, they love it, slash Jay-Z buried him on all these verses or whatever else, or, or, or out-wrapped him on verse or track after track. I don't know what to make of it. I don't really feel like going to listen to it, but the things for the people I trust is kind of like either they like it or they don't, or they like it in like what they like about it isn't necessarily anything that much to do with Jay Electronica himself, which I find to be just like, wow. You know, I'm, I'm not really here for, um, you know, everybody that's out here that's just pretending to like this album. Y'all don't have to do that. <laughs> y'all, j- just because you don't understand them. Don't mean that he nice. A great man once said that. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not going to judge it. I haven't heard it yet, but it's like, I want to say he's pigeonholed anyway. But, like, you know, who's going to be exposed and be excited that Jay Electronics is here that didn't know Exhibit C anyway? To everybody yeah. else, he's like a unicorn. It's like, okay, well, what have you done? Well, he's ghostwritten this, he's done this, he's done that. It's like, okay, I can respect that. Now, I can respect Exhibit C. Everybody's got a hot song, but number one, Just Blaze. I don't know. This is like with them. They heard Eminem was doing the did, got Just Blaze to do a bunch of beats for the Slaughterhouse album that didn't come out. And it's like, number one, no offense, but like Just Blaze. Like, I, I don't know. I just I think of producers and it's like, I don't know. I'm always thoroughly under impressed with Just Blaze. Really? I, I honestly I am. When you take some other people that uh, he's not number one on my producers list. That's that's for sure. He's probably not number seven on my producers list. Uh come up with a list i don't know he's he's on there it's nothing against him i think it's, it's a generational like, thing i think that's what it comes down to that's possible that's possible if you remember marley marl like you you ain't gonna like it or <laughs> yeah because like people that are are like <clears throat> people that are of my late 80s born age like that are outside of their genre into 
you know, New York rap at that time or whatever else. Like, Just Blaze is, like, maybe the best producer of the early 2000s, maybe, or, or mid-2000s as far as, like, non-single rap. Like, he's not the person you go to for your... Like, you go to Timbaland or even Kanye or, or Neptunes for that stuff, but, like, if you want your track seven or your track or your intro or your outro or, you know, anything aside from, like, your lead single, he's the dude you're most likely to go to from a, just a rap perspective. But, you know, that's... I, I can see, I can see, like, if you're someone that's... um like Marley Marl or, or and Pete Rock, Pete Rock, or you know, I I, I could see or, or Dre, of course, I can see how you have people have different um tastes for that. I can see that. Call me old is what you're doing, and I can understand <laughs> because you know why too. Also, the mid the mid tens is when I was swinging at, at the most air, to, frankly, during that mm. time as well too. Mm. So I can actually understand. And actually, you know, from the perspective of you're not going to use him for your big burner, but right. you, you need to fill out the album. Yeah, actually, you know what? Looking at it in that way, yeah, that's a different perspective to look at it. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah, like he's definitely like the the person you most likely to you call for quality control. Like I remember, um, this is another one. Another one of the people that like involved with the hype is like Saigon. Remember when like Saigon was getting like beats lifted oh off, like beats meant for him getting lifted off of him for like Mariah Carey projects and stuff like that. Is like that's that's kind of crazy. But then you hear the beat, the album, and it's like, these beats are incredible. Or for me, my perspective anyway, like, these beats are incredible, but, like, there's nothing that's going to, you know, quote-unquote, take over the radio. And, like, I don't even know if Saigon is meant for that. So, I, you know, and, and also the game changed. Like, you know, South took over, and that was a wrap. This is a yeah, legit uh, question, even though it's way off topic. Like, has anyone seen Green Lantern? Like ever since he got the Exodus out, like has any, he just like, got, like, I know he did like one out. He did like one track. I remember that like somebody did, and he was on it. But then he just like it was like thin air. So like ever since he kind of got shoved away by Eminem and all them, you ain't seen nothing. Yeah, I, I can't say I really heard too much from the the last thing I remember was like that Champ is here and that Jada Kiss. I believe that yeah. he did <laughs> yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really weird with producers because. From from my perspective, because I always wanted to be a producer, uh, was like to me it seemed like the producer is more valuable than even the rapper when it comes down to you know like you know you want to rock the crowd you need the beats it, it is it is what it is um, and obviously the MC comes into play but I feel like they're more valuable um and especially because like i grew up around cash you know grew up on cash money is like if there's no manny fresh there ain't no Lil wayne there ain't no juvenile there ain't no bg there ain't no bird man none of that shit so um that's my perspective on it so it's always been weird to see like the cycle of how, how people like they'll have a couple years and then like they'll fade out or if you're like special you'll have like a decade and then you'll eventually fade out or you'll fade out and you have a comeback type of thing so um it's weird to look at even the beginning of last decade, like the like the early 2010s, and you see like the people that were working on Drake stuff, like uh, Boy Wonder, T minus, um, you know, forty, for, yeah, forty, and then you see like where they are now, and it's like T minus retired and came back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like, Boy Wonder still still out doing a lot of stuff, but right. then I think what what happened this last decade was everyone was able to like 
like figure out the same style like well, like really like and just blend it because of the yeah. internet like and like yesterday i was i was you know talking to james yesterday and i taught myself how to make one of those uk drill beats in like 40 <laughs> minutes like and i've never made one in my life or whatever so it's like it, everything became like easier to replicate like with you know the producers it was hard harder for you know to stand out and then when someone would take over it'd be their time like when metro and them came nobody was talking about Lex Luger anymore even though it's right. largely the well, same shit except really, without being really, aggressive there was like that whole trap sound in the late 2000s involved drummer boy then you get to mustard Next. mustard and then mustard got his sound used up for the mid-tempo stuff and then they went right back to like booming metro booming and all this you know south side and 808 mafia people but what it, I find it really, really. Um, I think this really all comes down to with like music industry because of streaming and whatever else. Like every year, year after year after year, like genres have to close in upon themselves, and there's less production money, and now people aren't even making money off albums; they're making money off of their, you know, their touring deal and people, you know, the 360 deals and everything else is like, all right, well, people are trying to recoup as much money as possible. Forget trying to get these samples cleared. And once you get rid of the sample game, then you have to go into, you know, kind of like lo-fi and low instrumentation and low, you know, musical. Um, so you can mass theory. produce. Maybe in, to an extent, yes, but I think it's easier for the average person to be able to make a beat now because, like, people aren't as musically, um, not musically talented because they're doing crazy things that involve all the music, but like the restraints on your ability to go out here and go get a, you know, a string section to go knock something out. It's like, no, nah, we're done with, we can't do that. We're pressed for time. We'd have the budget to do that. We're just going to have to make lemons out of, or lemonade out of lemons. And that's where we are with production. It's like, and then, you know, that's not even getting into the lyricism of rap, whatever else, because that's a whole nother thing. And like, quite honestly, like, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, we're 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 past lyrics. Like we're 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 in a post lyric world, almost. Like, are you charismatic on the mic? Yes. Okay. We'll worry about everything else after that. And I think we have a lot of charismatic guys, especially out of Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they like wrestling. Cause, well, because like Derringer's got to me, he's got a huge target on him because one, people are already comparing other people as it is anyway. Two. You're just this guy, whether it be Mike Will of the last couple of years, whoever it is in the last couple of mm-hmm. years, whoever you want to pick, you're like you now you're that guy. So now what are you gonna do? What's it gonna sound like a year from now? What's it gonna sound like two years from now? Odds are it's gonna probably sound the exact same way it does now, the same way it did two years ago. But this is the the, the hot wave. And I love Griselda. I love to me I love a lot of what they did. I also mm-hmm. see limitations on what they do. I also see limitations on, on, on what they are right now and how are you gonna move this whole thing forward. Like do you think it's too through? regional? I don't think it's too regional, no, because I think, you know, I'm not saying they brought New York back because then that would be insulting to somebody from New York or and I'm not gonna say that, but I'm gonna say they brought back a feel uh-huh. that New York didn't have. You know, yeah. they they brought a swagger that was unfamiliar. <laughs> they you know they, they punched you know the hole through and now you're here, and that's awesome. That's great. You know, I have never heard. Have you ever heard West Side Gun uh, freestyle? Probably not. No. And he makes it very clear that no, that's not what he does. And because 
there's reasons probably that's not what he does. You know what I'm saying? He's got some other people on his shoulders that, that probably help him out a little bit. I'm not going to mm. criticize that or anything like that, but it's like, okay, there, Cape Conway got his, Benny got his, and then you see Tone Atlas, you see... I mean, your old Droog has been more of a producer, but I mean, you know, if you want to associate him with, you know, it's like, what else is now happening? How are you moving your stuff forward? And it's like, man, you got a, a bunch of new jewelry, you know, the next Hermes album and all this and all that. And it's like, okay, I wonder what's next because right now they are the thing and they are sitting on top right now, but you know, it's heavy as the head, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, <laughs> what's the whole crew going to do moving forward? Because they are it right now. I'm not sure who else is. I mean, I may be missing somebody, but they still seem to be, you know, the swinging dicks, but it's been now like what, three years. It's been a while now. And it's like, okay, where are we at here? Because are we ready to move on or, or what's going to come next? Yeah, the the thing that Unless most I've missed me about... it completely, we've already moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from, from, possible. from that perspective, I mean, I don't think so, but I also see them, you know, at, like at some of these wrestling shows, they seem like they're having a blast. So I don't know. Yeah, they. What's the motivation? You know, how how motivated are you going to stay? You know, and I hope they are. They they spread out. They've got a little money, you know, a little bit of a deal with everybody. They've kept their, you know, all of the Griselda stuff. So it's like, I mean, I'll say this from a you know from a business point of view, they've certainly circled the wagons well, and they've you know they've dipped out into a bunch of other places well, but. Again, what comes next? You know, Megan in, in a different way is is another one. Okay, you you've done your shtick now. You've done your gimmick now. Can you expand these lyrics? You know, can, well, I guess can you get out of your deal? Number one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but thing. then, but then, you know, what comes? She's not next? getting out of that. That's it. <laughs> she, she signed like a four album deal. She's like Carl Crawford. Like I mean, that, that story is really complicated, and it's like part of it is like damn like i wish somebody would have like you know smartened her up to the game but then you realize hey that's kind of what the game is if you're trying to get out here yeah um and, and another so, thing with, with uh carl crawford is i mean i haven't really followed it closely aside from when you know i saw that like she wants out but from my respect from the little i've heard is like they're kind of it because given you know if you're just going to outside of the obviously the music corporation is like completely uh, over leverages their ability, uh, their money making ability compared to what the artist makes so that's like, well then yeah, just rip the whole industry but like, that's obviously not going to happen but working on the, the strengths that we have like, it kind of feels like there really is not that really much of a bad guy between Carl Crawford or Megan or the or who, all the other players involved because like, Carl Crawford was new to this shit too yeah, yeah. I just blame Leor Corum for everything. If I can't, oh, yeah. if I can't figure it out, it's, it's Leor and his big ass head's fault. Yeah, like, and you know, from a creative point of view, it's like, okay, well, now you've kind of laid it out. Now you can become Kim or worse, Foxy, real easy. Or do you want to become Latifah? Can you actually move your shit forward? You actually see smart enough, and that's the other thing too. I think you know there are people that have defended her to the hilt on everything, who are defending her on this Crawford thing, and it's like, well. You know, there are lawyers here. There's a deal you need to sign. You Nobody did know who really who you were. So it's like, I mean, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other here. You may have not signed the best deal, but it's like when you take all of the credit for how smart and how, how creatively that they marketed you and how well your steps were laid out and how well you handled everything. I mean, give her credit for that. How her poise standing up in there was thrown into any situation, no matter what the interview was, no matter what it was. But okay. 
you also need to take the heat for when you screw up. You just have to eat it and keep it moving. And, and how are you going to stay relevant? How can you play both sides? How can you get yours over Carl Crawford? You just have to be creative with it because look, everybody has a bad deal. How are you gonna How are you gonna survive it and move on from it? Everyone does. She it. better holler at Drake. That, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because like we, yeah. we if we know somebody that's been signed like to like multiple people and still got a problem behind the scenes is him. Well, does that well? If the, if you're saying Drake. And you're gonna make those claims. Does that mean that she needs to holler at Drake, or does she need to go holler at Jay Prince? And or, well, no, I think point. she's on and the, or, well, and or she's point. on the. I think she's on the opposite side of Jay Prince in this whole deal or whatever. That's so it. that's because yeah. Crawford's got Prince, and he's he's been backed by. I mean, because nothing. Well, you know, well, nothing that's moves case, without she, Jay Prince. So. It, if 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 Jay Prince is okay with where she's at, then she's gonna stay where she's at. I I, I, I have a pretty good idea that if that's where she wants, if that's where he wants her to be, that's where she will be. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's sounds like a wrap. <laughs> if that's the case, yeah. I did not know that, but now that I do, it sounds like it's a wrap. Well, either that, he's going to grift his skin and graft it right onto her in some sort of way. I mean, it's not it's not going to happen. If that deal blows up, Carl Crawford, I think, was going to be okay. There will be some kiss on the back end of this. But yeah. it's not going to move, unless again, unless he does something. Yeah. I mean, and if and if something happens, ultimately, if you know she wants to be the star that I think she wants to be, that might end up being for the best. Will she make as much money as, you know, ultimately uh, she thinks she could if she would be a free agent right now? Of course not. But, um, you know, Jay Prince has a way of making the people that are uh, that he wants to be, uh, you know, uh, big stars in the industry. He keeps them around for a long time, regardless of the level of quality of their music or whatever else. They come, they, they've, you know, they figured it out from that perspective, especially out of, out of Texas. But um, this is a wrestling podcast, all right? Yeah. <laughs> The whole right. world is wrestling. They, this, this, this <laughs> all those people we just talked about, all wrestling, right there. Yeah, yeah. They're all running gimmicks. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I, I recently made a joke and it ended up going way long. But um, yeah, man, coronavirus all around the world, like global health scare. Um, people very people sick, people dying. Um. Right now, we're kind of, you know we're worried. We're in a situation where we're you know I feel like we've been ill prepared as a country for this, um, compared to um, like say Japan, where they seem to be um, what is it a uh, what is it, what is the term for it um, to be able to uh, social distancing to keep be able to keep uh, the hospitals from being overran. What is it called? The pe- I think that's it. Well, I just explained what it is, but I forgot the term for it. Um, Anyway, we're not doing a good job with that, and it seems like, you know, this thing could go over longer than we expect, but, you know, uh, right now, if we were to still be positive, let's say this is going to be a three-month thing, this is going to really affect American wrestling, we've already seen it with SmackDown being ran in the Performance Center, Um, you know, people having to get on planes to go into the Performance Center, Um, you know, what are your thoughts been so far this week, uh, heading into this almost seemingly like from Wednesday on Mike. It's been surreal. I mean, this has been absolutely surreal. It's just, it's not real. I mean, with it breaking in China, it's like, okay, we got another, you know, mad cow disease sort of kind of situation, you know, like, okay, 
And then it, you know, it spreads to Japan, and there was the whole deal with the, the the cruise liner. And that's one thing. I mean, Japan came around to it better, but if you ask some people in Japan on what they thought of their government, they screwed it up royally. <laughs> you know, maybe not to the level of uh, of maybe some people the way they think we have, because we were looking the other way while they were suffering. But South Korea came next, and it was just it, it was it's been brutal and. Italy, Iran, you know, where it's really hit hard. Italy was amazing, you know, because it was mostly around Milan and it was, you know, mostly in the northern end. And, you know, I don't know if that I don't think that they reported on that. There was such a look towards Asia that I don't think the American press really drove home what was happening in Europe and what was happening in Italy, especially, you know, and in Germany and some other places as well. But Italy being the standout. And I think that probably would have drove home the point, I think, more to people here if if they probably would have looked, you know, short east <laughs> instead of far east because it's like, you know, this is, you know, whether people like it or not, it's more relevant to a lot of people. It's more tangible to a lot of people when, it's, you know, news is coming out of the U.K., Germany, Italy or, or the European, you know, market as opposed to the Asian market. And, I, you know, they didn't get driven home on top of the fact that our, our government did what they did about it and everybody kind of dragged their feet on it and, and wanted to play politics with it. And then it just explodes even more. And, you know, really, Tuesday, it did drive everything home. I guess that was the night everything kind of started to fall with Rudy Gobert. Uh, Gobert getting get, testing positive, and and I'm trying to think of what else happened. I guess it was what baseball, or I, I can't remember what happened that day, but um, I think that, it was Wednesday. Well, well, either it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, but basically, uh, you had Gobert, and you also had before that the NCAA was going to do empty arena March Madness games. That's it was, what it you know, was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was the empty arena matches <laughs> were beginning, and it was like. Damn, you know, okay, now this is, you know, this is going to be tangible to a lot of people because it's effing up my sports. <laughs> you, you know, the, the only people that were happy hearing about the NCAA tournament were, were people like my woman and everybody else who usually watches Young and the Restless and, and Bold and Beautiful. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about it being preempted anymore, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, they go and they make these moves, and then like now finally it really kind of dawned on people, and then you got the panic. And I'm in. Southern Delaware. I have relocated here, been down here now for 20 years. Love this beach. You know what I'm saying? But like there was one case, I think, initially when this broke and it was up in in Newcastle or Wilmington, which is essentially a Philadelphia suburb. And that was a professor that they could directly track, went somewhere and shook hands with somebody. And it's like, okay, there's been one. I went to the store and I heard everybody talking about people are tripping and there, there's no toilet paper. There's no this. There's no that. I went. There's no damn toilet paper. Like if you have lost your goddamn ever loving minds, like there's no toilet paper. It's like I'm thinking this is a virus. This is a flu. You're not. You're not getting diarrhea. You're getting sick. And you look on the shelves. Cold medicine for days. Clean really? for days. There's wipes. There's this. There's that. And it's like, wait a second. I'm in an area, number one, where nothing is happening anyway, and you've taken all the toilet paper, yet you've left the day quill. I I don't, this is something I don't understand, but it's like, this is where we're at. (laughs) And it's just, it's gotten more surreal by the day with more things falling. My son's school has been cut, so now he's in for two weeks, and it's like, you know, we're just starting the tip of this weird thing where, you know, outside in most places, 
you're gonna be just fine but it's like this new move to like you're locked in your homes like you know this is we're, 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 we're soon to get holograms because we're just becoming further and further prisoners to our own homes and I think the reaction to this and the reaction to people going out acting the way they're acting I mean you know there's pros and cons to everything there's a silver lining to everything there's hey you can make out of anything there's lemonade you can make out of any lemon but like you know for the short term on this Oh God! <laughs> it's yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's been pathetic. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse until like. I mean, I hate to say this, it's only going to get worse until like the numbers go down. And I mean, that's it. Seems like that's a three month proposition, and then they'll people will relax. But or maybe enough of the crazies get their toilet paper so leave, like let the rest of us like you know kind of behave in a normal pattern. But like. Well, what I, was SARS? What was SARS? Six months? I mean, and then was was pretty much dead and buried by July. Right? Yeah, and I think this one closely looks like, like, kind of has similarities to SARS or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, the crazy part about SARS is like, I barely remember anything happening or making any kind of like change in my life when that happened. Like, it is like now is, it's like, I'm. I'm not want to say scared to death, but it's like, oh yeah, you guys need a social distance. Like, well, luckily, I, I, you know, I've been kind of doing that for like the last decade. Social distance. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, this sounds like music to my ears. So, uh, I mean, there I, was, I, I, there, girl, there I can't was. Hook up with you. I don't want to get this COVID. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta hang back. You just. <laughs> <laughs> there was one um show james uh i believe it was last year that was telling everybody wash your ass oh there, yeah. there was there, there was one show you know when, when we found out people wasn't washing their legs and oh, you know yeah wait yeah. excuse me yes <laughs> you, you, you didn't see this but like towards the end of or actually in the middle of last year um oh, no. like it was this this huge discussion on twitter where it blew up about like so, People are too fat to bend over and get them calves. Like, no, like, no. It, it seemed to be that like a certain subset of a large subset of white people did not realize that you need to also wash your legs in the shower. So then it blew up, and then it turned to a thing about hygiene, and then certain people took it oh. to talk about like um, certain different other things. That I think it's just like I don't, I don't really care about that. But it's like y'all not washing y'all legs, y'all not washing your feet. And I think, I think the main thing was that. Um, there was a Taylor Swift was on Ellen and then talked about that. And Taylor was like, well, I don't wash my legs, but I shave my legs in the shower. So that's good. Right. And then Ellen like shook his head and was like, yeah, that, that's good enough. And I was like, no, Ellen, you need to tell the truth to these people. Ellen, they tune in because they love you, respect you and, and believe in you. Ellen, don't let people down, Ellen. So then I went on some huge rant about y'all don't wash your ass. And I was start yelling, you know, wash your ass. Um, with something that with, with something that lathers and and uh, I'm sorry, something that lathers and exfoliates. Don't just use the bar. I know some of y'all out here just using the bar. Um, I need to get the soot off of y'all off of y'all skin, and then and then I went on some rant about brushing. People need to brush their teeth. Uh, those wrestling fans, people hear about this all the time about our hygiene. I need to brush your teeth, brush your tongue, brush under your tongue, brush the roof of your mouth. And then use mouthwash every day, and and also floss. And I, I went on some huge. It went like a seven minute rant or whatever else, but uh, ended up going on our best of uh, One Nation Radio uh, 2019 thing. But um, that was like the slogan for like a couple weeks. One Nation Radio, wash your ass. Yeah, <laughs> damn. Well, for honkies everywhere, I apologize. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, 
I got the, the soap. I got a washcloth. I got clean legs because I washed my legs in the shower because I was raised better than this. And also, by the way, not only wash your feet, occasionally you got to get in there and get somebody to wash that tub because if you're just sitting there in a bunch of mold and funkiness anyway, sitting there like you're getting an athlete's foot in the locker room because that's how nasty your shower is, if you wash your feet and then step back into that, it's pretty much the same thing. Then you got to dry them, too. Don't leave them stinking before you get in the socks. So 2020, is, pros. so 2020 is one issue radio. Wash your tub. Just everything. This is what this virus does. You bunch of just sorry. This is the other thing with this virus, too. And I know we're too long on this damn virus. But this is look, it took it takes this type of thing for people to remember to wash your goddamn hands and to remember that even if you wash your hands, if you then take that said hand and put it on a doorknob that you don't clean because that's somebody else's job or whatever it is because you're too lazy to put a Clorox wipe on it, like, you're not helping. Right. Like, do everything. And also, this is not 1950 fucking two in Korea and somebody else has moved away and is doing all the stuff and you're here working and you got to go to work regardless of anything and you're sick and you're tired and all this and we got to do it because, you know, this is what we do as men. No, stay home, stupid. We are way past this. If you're sick, don't make everybody else sick along with you, okay? I get 40 hours of sick time. Most people at least get that. That's their fault if they got their taxes back and want to go spend that and take a long vacation and say they were sick. That's their problem. But I'm saying you don't do that, Mr. Responsible. Stay home. You're so workmanlike. Try to figure out something you can do there and don't infect the rest of this dummy. Yeah. Noted. I, I th- yes. I, I, I think we need to have Mike more on more often to talk about like safe, public safety and health and also scrubbing the scrubbing I'll their toes. I'll be the ombudsman for white people. If this is what you need, <laughs> this is obviously needed for everybody because again, the community, I can't imagine what the collective would be like. Some of the conversations that were going to take place down there, and you'd all be right. Everybody just sitting there, like, let me tell you about this, and you'd be right, and we can't say shit. We just have to sit on the outside. And some people will get mad, but most of us, we know, we know. As they sit <laughs> back there, they're just listening, and they're scratching the, the hair on their necks because they got that big, long neck beard, and they're, they're smelling themselves right now and looking around. Yeah, you know who you are. I'm here for you. I'm going to try to help you on behalf of the people. I'm going to help us bring us together. They don't let me do this on on Observer. They don't. No rules. You ain't going to hear Jim Valley talk about this. (laughs) Oh, speaking of Jim, um, I I talked to Jim on Twitter uh, last year, like in September. Yeah, September. She he, okay, so Jim, I know he, you know, we talked about starting um in New York, but we were, you know, they have their G one, their it's called the Grand Prix, um, five star Grand Prix. So their shows come out on delay. Um, now me as a person that's on Twitter, I make sure to block a million things on on Twitter because I follow Stardom, and. I've had a long block list, long, long block list. And I forgot, I guess I apparently made the mistake of forgetting that Jim once did that New York show commentary with Fumi. So uh, right before I go to, to turn on the, the, the Grand Prix final to watch it, I go to Twitter and the first thing that Jim posts is, 
Hannah Kimura is one to G1. I almost <laughs> threw my fucking phone, Mike. I was so mad. But but my but he ain't do nothing wrong. He's like, look, man, yeah. like it's my fault for how my ass on Twitter is. You know, you know that's that's what you get. But I was at the time. I was like, I've watched this whole entire tournament unspoiled. I've watched what was it, at that point before before that final night. It had been something like sixty something matches that I'd already watched unspoiled. No one cares about this Japanese woman promotion over here. I'm fine. I'm good. Get to the last day he posted. I was just like, damn. He got me. I was 38 hot for like an hour. Um, so, yeah. Like, I appreciate Jim. I appreciate the fact that he um, he, he how much he loves Kagetsu, who just retired. But I, at that time, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, damn you. Damn you, Jim Valley. And it's funny because Jim is like the nicest person in the world. He's all right, but he's <laughs> but he's <laughs> but he's uh, that's a, you gotta take that Adam Summers to pro Adam goes into a damn cave like if Adam doesn't want to be spoiled by something like he mm-hmm. will not be spoiled by it but he will go through the greatest of lengths if there's a billboard that he's passing on his way driving to Chicago wherever he's working now I can't even remember anymore but like. He will take an entire different route. Like you, he mm. will recalculate his route to like whatever it is, and like have no radio on, or like will block out a piece of the sun. I mean, he will go through any length. It's like, and then like warn all of us like angrily. Like I haven't seen like the day whatever it is of the G one. Don't you know like a whole long list of like don't spoil me or like you know the the whole world's going to come to an end. Like he will not use so won't do a damn thing. And it's like that's about the only thing you can do. And it's really harder than harder than ever. I mean, with it popping up with on your phone on your watch on you know a text if you don't have if you have your notifications yeah your notifications on where you get the banner and it's like I've had shit spoiled that way where it's like. ESPN Street for the Cash has spoiled me on something I'm watching on a little bit of delay. You know what I mean? It's like you got the DVR, so you get that automatic delay of 30 seconds or whatever when you're recording something. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's such, it's just, it's a pain. And it's almost like, you know, you just, to me, you got to look at your events the same way like boxing. Like if you were broke in the 80s and couldn't afford pay per view or couldn't make it out, but like, so you would hear the result of the fight. You know, if you didn't have HBO or pay-per-view, like, but you still, you had to stay involved and hyped up and, and really want to see it. And it's just, it's just one of those things that like spoilers are just, that's what you got to live with now. Cause instantly, as soon as it's over, everybody's going to know everything or at least enough to get the word out there. So it's like the music between the notes is going to, you know, and to me matters. Like, you know, I, I can know the result, but not know from an Okada match or an Omega match or a Tanahashi match, like, okay, what did I miss? What did I see? And unfortunately, you don't have that danger in WWE, which is why one of the reasons why it's so easy to miss. One, they make it so easy for you to, you know, they put all their stuff out there in short clip form anyway, so you can miss shows easy and still stay caught up and not miss a damn thing in the middle. You know, and as that's going on, it's like, you know, the formula of everything that they do. So it's like, even if you just hear the results, you can kind of, you know, depending on what part of the month or the year it is, you pretty much know which direction that they're going. And you pretty much know how oh, yeah. things are going to lay out at the end. Yeah. So perfect example of this is uh, recently. So uh, one of our homeboys, Simon and uh, Rich also wanted to take a victory lap on me yesterday because the second that the fiend came out and pointed at the sign in front of Cena, they were like, they're going to make this be about 
the match, the, the their feud from 2014. And I was like, yeah, y'all probably right, but don't shit on it. Just wait a week until they finally do. I said I agree with them. Just wait until they do it and then shit on them. They saw those promos from um, the past few weeks, and they've been dunking on me ever since. And I'm like, y'all are assholes. I agree with you and told you that's what they want to do. All I said was wait. And they still they were like, nah, you're just as wrong as everyone else, James. All right, fine. 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 Sure. Yeah. I don't know. This WrestleMania builds like... I, I guess we should start on Wednesday shows because you know that was that was probably like you know like what what, what has been your overall uh, feel for for the Wednesday shows, Mike? With uh, you know like pretty much since the first of the year, AEW's had a great year. I mean, I yeah. think they have they've taken their all the mistakes that they had because you remember how lag that last year closed was it was the Dark Order that was beating down the locker room. <laughs> You had Michael Nakazawa getting messed with. You had people running up on Riho yelling, even if it had nothing to do with her. It was like, we're going to have a small Japanese girl cower here as somebody screams about something next to her. We had Dr. Luther and the whole thing with the Nightmare Collective. You had one slip up after another, and their big stuff was great. Like Moxley and Jericho was fine. Cody, whatever Cody does, I mean... He's his daddy right now. He's riding high, like everything mm-hmm. pretty much that he touches, in my opinion, you know, it's on time or at least it's not. It's certainly not an embarrassment. You know, they had yeah. some things humming, but the, the problem was their negative was that way and their positive. And that's how the year starts. And from there, they they knew what they needed to do. They threw up a white flag on the Nightmare Collective, just said, hey, we, we fucked up. We're going to dust our hands off now and keep it going. And that's what they did. Sorry, the Mel. Ne- yeah, it's like, you know, the Nightmare Collective, they disappear off TV. They're trying to f- reformulate them. Brandy's back with Cody. All's right in the world. The the Dark Order, that is hitting rock bottom. What are we doing here? Well, they introduce Christopher Daniels. They kind of utilize him, play with him a little bit in his past, and they, they kind of got that ship right. You know, they stopped making it with the goofy commercials and, and this, that, and the third. And they've... You know, it's still, you know, it's borderline. I mean, this thing could could shit the bed, you know, just as easy as it did to start. But they got Matt Hardy. I mean, there's there's aspects that now they can throw into this that can you can make some hay out of it. And the thing is, we don't know, too, with Matt Hardy. I mean, they can instantly turn into a mid card, long running act or you never know. This could prop them up into the main event. Uh, you know, feed world title wise, tag title wise. I don't think it will, at least not right away. But you have that opportunity now that you didn't have at the end of the year, and so all of that stuff is clicking. You know, uh, Sammy Guevara, they're young guys. You know, so right now they're riding high. D- does, does that mean NXT is not doing good stuff? No, NXT is doing good stuff, but there's no danger to that show unless you're talking about a move that might kill Adam Cole. <laughs> or Johnny Gargano again. Or that's kind of awesome, but it's like you know they turned into a really slick version of ROH from a couple mm. of years ago, where they you know you can't really bang on the work at all. But the, there's a personality and there's a spirit and there's something that's missing, and they're missing that. And unfortunately, AEW's got it in spades, and they're not as slick, they're not as fresh, they're not as whatever, but they're also not. As predictable, you know, right. you know, if Morrow says this, that <laughs> Nigel's going to come behind him with this, and then Beth is going to add this, and it's like you know this, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. It's like you know how it's going to sound. You know that when this person talks, 
about what they're going to do. It's it, it again. It's not the athlete's fault. It's not the performer's fault. It's the structure and what they're working underneath. And it's not all negative because again, when times are rough, like you see what they were able to pull off the performance center, you, you know, they can pull things off that other people can't. It's right. just the creative part of it. The, the thing that you should be piqued by, you know, and get your, your interest up and your dander up with, that's missing, and AEW has that unpredictability factor that NXT just doesn't. Yeah, I definitely agree, and um, I think the thing with a- NXT right now is I think you can draw the, the their 2019 into like a line in the sand. You can basically draw it from the end, the last night of the uh, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Um, like after that, just their matches on TV aren't up to snuff with what was happening. Like with that, for example, that Mark Andrews and Flash Merger Webster versus uh Broserweights match. Like we haven't really gotten one of those on TV since then and a lot of that is because, you know, they had to do hot shotting to get to um Worlds Collide and then they had to you know, also hot shot to get themselves to um Portland. And then like you look at you know, the residual effects of what's happened to Bianca with the Charlotte thing and re- and, re- thing. Um, and you look at like, you know, this was a decision. This is their choice. This isn't, this isn't a byproduct of them hot shotting, but you look at their decision to go full throttle, like with Velveteen coming back to go to Adam Cole, as opposed to picking someone else and how bad in the ring, um, Velveteen has been since he's been back, quite frankly, like, He's somebody that needs rust knocked off him, not someone that needs to be in a title match at the quote-unquote WrestleMania takeover if that even happens anytime soon. Like, you know, this 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 pandemic seems to have popped up at the right time for Velveteen because they were going to go out there and there's, it was not going to be up to snuff with whatever, with this Ciampa Gargano thing that's probably going to main event. Yeah, and, like, I think, um, like, with the Velveteen thing, like, never, I think I said on the show last week, like, never have I, you know, reluctantly uh, wanted to take a victory lap. I was like, it's going to be dreaming cold, but he's completely uninspiring as a babyface, as is Ciampa, uh, in my opinion, but... Uh, I I, just, I watched their their brawl with him and um, you know Gargano this week. First time I watched NXT in like ages, but it's like wow, everything Johnny Gargano says about Tommaso Ciampa is right. This guy's a piece of shit. Like why? Like literally, it was time that healed everything. Okay, um, but 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 but, 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 but so is Johnny. Like they're both terrible no, people. No, it's no, like, no. but but the thing about that part that makes no sense for me is like okay. So why do y'all tag team against uh uh against uh seven in bait at uh Worlds Collide then? Yeah, it's it's you know like they, they don't, like they we're never, supposed to just forget that part, back. right? Sorry, well, say, a, you, nobody ever calls back to it, and that's what the announcer should be for. That's where, even if you only do it once, like if you go back and you watch really old wrestling, like they'll have a turn like this or something will happen. Well, they will have to go. Well, what changed since the last time you were here? And then there's at least an excuse, or the announcer will bring it up and at least patch it up, and then you move on. With right. WWE, it's like most of their stuff where it's like, never mind. Okay, we're, just, we're just moving on. Yeah, this plot hole, whether it be Mandy and Otis, or oh, you know, or or y- you pick the storyline. Where is Edge's neck brace? Where is the <laughs> update? Like, and again, was like maybe. 
in the grand scheme of things, nobody cares about that. But WWE, this is the mentality they had because that's how they built it. You won't care about that because we said so. We're moving on now. And it, it doesn't work like that. And when people are given the option and the choice of having this explained and laid out or having the fantasy book on their own and then disappointing themselves because their fantasy booking and their actual booking don't meet up and yours is you feel better. You know, this is one of the big problems that they have. Yeah. And sometimes when they explain like the, uh, the reasons for doing stuff like Roman Reigns's promo uh, for Goldberg Friday, what was that? It's just like, Man, he's like his his main point was like like Cole said, hey, some people are saying like there are critics out there that you don't deserve to be in the main event like of WrestleMania and things like that. And Roman's main point of contention was, you know, if I can main event in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, in front of 5000 people in a small town every day of the year, why can't I main event WrestleMania? I'm like, man, because on TV, you fucking lose because you you have a, a locker room because you have a locker room feud with a, a heel and they talk about you being the leader of the locker room. And then lo and behold, you get your ass whooped after <clears throat> Humpty Dumpty and all the King's men come out there and whoop your ass and nobody comes out to help you until after you are to lose the match. And then your cousins show up. That's why, Roman. Yeah, like, and I, and then <laughs> and then taking it out of storyline, it's like, well, look what they've done with him all year. Like yeah. they've colossally blown him all year, yeah. uh, handcuffing him to Corbin for five months, so people wouldn't dare think about booing Roman Reigns. Instead, all you're doing is getting him more under, rather than pairing him off with Andrade or Nakamura or somebody that was on the brand at the time, running like completely away from Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, which was right there. Um, And then they do all these things, and it's like, well, is Roman Reigns hot right now? No. And then he loses the Royal Rumble, and then they just decide there's no Elimination Chamber all of a sudden after advertising it. And it's like there's just so many holes in this story, and you look up and down the promotion. That's the story of the promotion. There are holes everywhere. Yeah, but, um, yeah, like, I would say... In NXT, the one I pointed out is like the only one that really is the only one that's really there. That's not of Vince's doing with machinations of sending people up and down um, to NXT ever since November. But if you go to the main roster, yeah, SmackDown, I I can watch. I'll watch a Raw because like I know at some point I'm going to get something good between Ray and and every other luchador or or, or basically flat out Mexican wrestler. And then, um, you know, whatever Alistair Black's doing, but SmackDown, like, where do you go to get it? Except for, like, right now, the the Drew Gulak and, um, and Daniel Bryan thing is going on right now. Like, the, like, I'm, I, like, I believe the Mandy and Otis stuff, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoy it, um, but from what I see of it, but it's turned to, it's turned into this, and we knew it was going to turn into something like this, and it's like... Now, instead of it just being one quick thing and now this next chapter, now they're just like, we don't know what's going to happen because there's all this miscommunication and like, it's it's just another one of those things where like, they're booking by the seat of their pants every single week and it's like, they're not taking out of what they've done. It feels like they're they're laying stuff out weeks and weeks and weeks in advance, and it's going to be interesting to see how AEW gets thrown off with this coronavirus stuff now. If anything changes, because you know I believe the uh, the War Games match is getting moved. Um, there's a lot you know going there, but we we kind of hinted around it, Mike. I kind of wanted to ask you about your um, thoughts on Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Like now, 
I have watched, uh, you know, I, I was watching the Royal Rumble earlier this year. Charlotte won a Royal Rumble, as everyone knows, and uh, she said the program with Rhea Ripley, of course. Bianca Belair was, uh, you know, collateral damage uh, between both of them. Like, uh, she was basically the setup person for both of them. And, of course, you know, I don't, I don't, help me understand this, Mike. <laughs> Charlotte has, like, historically meant nothing for business based off like the last year or so she had an awful year in the ring are the promises this strong like whatever promises were made to charlotte um you know where she couldn't win the royal rumble last year so she had to win it this year to to get this thing going with Rhea ripley and it's just like it feels so for lack there of a better word shoehorned again and it seems like the she's poisoning the well by association, like because Rhea Ripley's now acting like she's the the challenger in this when she's the champion. It, it's all kind of like you know weird uh, well, on that end. NXT is not a world championship brand. I mean they've they've flat said that it's it's not a it's not to the level. It's still that's a step you take to get here. And that's number. I mean, that's one of the problems. The second problem, and there, there, there's a lot of problems. I guess depending on, on how you want to look at it. First of all, they could have made hay out of Bianca uh, with uh, Bianca. I mean, that's just a fact. Now they they go and they should never have made that match when they did. They should have just let it go with Charlotte, alluding to it, hinting to it. Maybe I do go back down to Florida. Maybe I do take a vacation. I mean, there's ways you could have played it where it would have made it obvious that's who she was choosing. And everybody could look at it and know just, you know, know that everything was going to be all white and and know that Rhea was going to get the win, but you could have at least added some drama to it. You know, right. they, you know what they see in Rhea. And, you, I mean, to me, they hopefully there are people there that, that see it with Bianca as well, too. But, like, with how you moved on the SmackDown title, it's like you could have had Charlotte interfere in that match and have Bianca lose that way, then set up Charlotte and Bianca or set, or do something where, again, Bianca to me should have been in there with Naomi for the SmackDown women's title. That should have been their WrestleMania match. And I thought you could make a move to do that because I think you need, I, I don't know how long she's going to stay in NXT, but she is one of the people that more than a Gargano or a Ciampa, I look at her, I look at Keith Lee and go, okay, you know, they're more up. I can see Vince doing more with them, maybe not well, but I can see him no. taking an interest in them where some other people maybe that he doesn't. And I think that there's a lot you could do there. Now, that's obviously not in the cards, and maybe that's because Montez Ford, again, you don't want her to lose at, at WrestleMania if, you, if she's got something on the ball. You got Montez is over on, on Raw. So there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't work, but there was a better way to go about setting that match up, which already caused some people to have some resentment you know, overall to the match or to Charlotte. Charlotte, and we saw it this week, when she cuts that promo. <laughs> and she's got nothing to say. It doesn't help anything. And, right, and they were telling her to go back to Raw. Like, you know how terrible you have to be as a main roster person, like, and terribly regarded, like, to, for them to tell you, that crowd to tell you to leave. Like... <laughs> So you go away and, and look she's she is 
really i like her a lot i, I like you know again the, she's charlotte there's a lot there that you can market use utilize all that sort of stuff but she has been like Jesus, she's shoehorned they have shoe they shoehorn everything and beat you over the head with i mean it's like go back to the reigns thing like you were talking about on smackdown there's no reason to bring up anybody saying well you know roman some people don't think you belong in the main event if you look at fucking smackdown's roster who belongs in the main event no nope, there's right. three people you know it's if the other two are wrestling each other that leaves roman so it's like i mean it's just they they call back on things that are that, that don't matter and just end up hurting their cause even more and i just don't think by positioning Rhea as the wide-eyed, I wanted to be Charlotte when I grew up sort of thing, <laughs> and, and positioning the title below, I mean, I know what they're trying to do, but much like a lot of what they do, I can look at it and go, I see what they're thinking. It's just the execution's not working, and at the end, they're probably going to be executed for it, and then blame us, and it's like, no, this isn't, this isn't the way you want this thing to be. Now, once they get in the ring... You know, I, I I think again, Rhea's. This is a big stage, and Charlotte. I mean, I think when they do a formula match and they have time to practice it, for the most part, the women have done really, really well historically. I think they're going to end up doing that here. But I think, like a lot on WrestleMania, once it happens in execution on the show, I think it's going to be pretty good, at least the main stuff. But everything that leads up to it, what comes after it, you know, the stock no of the former going in and out. You know, for 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 seven hours, you know, or however long, you know, X amount of time that their match goes, it's probably going to hum. But everything else around this, it's like, you know, again, these problems are self caused, and they just keep running in the same circle. Yeah, I sometimes when this stuff happens with Charlotte and all the stuff around Charlotte lately, like I think back to my initial thought once, um. Once they had her, once they had Becky come out the night after SummerSlam 2018 and cut that, it, I'm distancing myself from the fans promo. Like it makes you think, like, oh my god, they're going to ruin Charlotte Flair the same way they ruined Roman Reigns. Except they they've they're, they're now coming to it, and it's been like it's been like watching the Titanic, like basically come upon the iceberg, the iceberg, and you're just like steer. Move left, move right, stop, <laughs> go reverse, whatever you can. You're, you're, you are keep putting yourself in this position. In you know whether it was last year with the they just gave her that title reign out out of nowhere to make it a double title match for the triple threat match from her insertion into the thing that no one that most people most of the fans did not want. Um, to her just being attached to Becky no matter what for the last year and a half to <laughs> to now this to where like she wins the rumble to to the detriment of Shayna Baszler who is now like you know the challenger for the actual top star like it's just it's just like God, I forgot. See, it's that, like there's no business. Like, like she's not popping like quarter hours. She's she's negligible on merch. When's the last time you ever seen a Charlotte merch shirt? <laughs> like, I it's it's just like do it with flair. It's still that one. Like that's like, <laughs> from 2014. Yeah, yeah, for somebody that is you know a star and is the face of everything. You know, yeah. I mean, you can you can call that out. That's no problem. And you know, the Royal Rumble is a great thing to call out too because it would have been one thing if you got Shayna out of there in a different way to set up because I get she in some ways in Vince's world and because they didn't plan well, 
you know, she needs some time to heat up. You know, I mean, she's I'm not saying she's the Greg the Hammer Valentine of, of performers, but like <laughs> of personalities. But like you need to introduce her, lay it out, because cage fighter is one thing. Rhonda's friend is one thing, whatever. But like she needs some time to marinate and they didn't do that. They haven't done that with anything. You know, it's been everything's been fly by the seat of their pants. So if you're going to do that, what are you going to do at Royal Rumble to have her hit hard? They didn't, <laughs> you know, they didn't. And then they go give Charlotte the win. And it's like, I get why they did that. So you can choose Rhea Ripley. But like, if you were going to do that, there was a way to make Shayna look stronger, look better, set her up more directly with Becky, where you could have served all interests better. And they didn't serve either one better. <laughs> you know, they've only been hurt. And I don't think Shayna's bite going out there has helped Becky. I don't think. Vince, I mean, again, even if things were humming, I look at Shayna, I listen to Shayna, and I go, I don't think Vince has got this kind of patience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what he sees when he sees her, but I know, I bet you it's not Charlotte. (laughs) And that's, you know, and that's, it's not Becky. And that's like, that's the biggest thing. So we'll have to see kind of going on and and how, what ends up being with with all of these women with Sasha and Bailey, what are they going to do with them? Are they, are they setting up their split for mania? Is this something that's going to be, well, cause like, is this something now too? Because if they move this to June 7th or whatever date the day that this thing ends up moving to, if possible, you know, whatever it ends up being, if it's postponed and it will be postponed, when that happens, is it a benefit? Because it's like, how do you continue on the storylines? Edge and Orton can kind of hurt each other and be out for a while. Goldberg and Lesnar don't show up anyway. So it's like you start looking at some of the other stuff where everybody's always in the mix. And it's like, well, now do you lead to Bailey and Sasha to try to make some hay out of the SmackDown Women's Championship? You know, because you had you had at least, you know, before this past uh, Friday night, you had uh Sasha Ina Bailey's title. You know, we're such best friends and, and Sasha won't take her eyes off the title. Did that mean anything? Is that just did that just kind of happen that way? Am I reading too much into it? I don't know, but I know they don't have anything going on. So unless you're going to do a six woman scramble for the nine millionth time or whatever it's going to be where everybody hits their move, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, <laughs> so so maybe this could be a benefit, but we'll see. And even if it is We've seen them screw up them how many times? So it's like it's hard to have confidence there either. How are you feeling about McIntyre? Because um, you know he's got the couple of times he's laid Brock out, but I think there. I feel like there are a lot of like dangers with him. Like as far as like as a lead babyface, I think they're gonna strip him of his personality. And then I'm looking at you know the show. Uh, you know, what, what do you think? Like, you know, is is he in a, a pole position to go ahead and just you know beat Brock? Do you see him as as a like world champion type guy? Well, real quick before you get to that, Mike, one thing that I, I, I've noticed is like McIntyre is getting the program that Roman Reigns should have gotten as far as like the machinations and all the things that happened. He's getting all of the things that would have made you believe and got people behind him in a way that, like, Roman should have gotten going into WrestleMania 34. Like, instead of getting outsmarted and maced and getting his ass whooped and, like, fake cops beating his ass left and right, uh, he's actually going out there and he's out here cracking uh, Brock and Brock is selling big for him. Every, every, you know, and, like, he's actually beat, you know, threw him out the rumble and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to point out, it's like, it's interesting to, like, they they screwed us up with Roman when you know that's what they should do with Roman, given that they were doing the part-timer whatever thing, part-timer versus full-timer thing, and what we're getting right now with Drew and Lesnar. So, sorry, Mike, go ahead. 
what were your thoughts on uh, Drew's, uh, you know, since going into WrestleMania, since winning the Rumble? You know, somebody pointed this out, and I was thinking of this as you were talking. Think about how what Drew looked like, you know, when he first stepped into WWE. Remember that way back when? And even now, mm-hmm. it's like an evolution of Harlequin no- romance novels of like the guy <laughs> on the cover holding the woman. It's true. I mean, you think about that straight ass hair he had and that long ass neck. Like he could have been like a thin Fabio on the cover of those books, posing with all these oh, women. Man. And now, like the women have gotten a little bit older, but so is Drew. He's like. The guy there, like <laughs> He's gone from the evil guy in the Hallmark Christmas movie to being the guy that the woman looks for and, like, the kid can buddy up to after the dad dies because that's how all those movies go. Oh, man. But, like, (laughs) seriously, though, like, they have done – they were running a a dangerous line with him with turning him into a goofball, doing the comedy, doing the WWE thing, the the, their shitty call and react you know, that is just really cornball that, you know, that turns the, the oh, shucks. yeah, that, that's doing it into the suffering succotash dude. Oh, God. But one thing they were able to do was they got the countdown over. Okay. That was good. They had him cut the, the interview, which was great because in my opinion, that interview that he did erases the goofy shit that they were doing with him as like, Hey everybody, I'm going to be your new champion and I'm in the main event and that, that BS that they make him do. I think the interview that he did kind of was a perfect dividing line for that. Like they told me, like, I didn't think I was going to be back here and I came back here and I'm back humping again and this and that and the third, like, I think they did that right. He goes out there and that could not have went any more perfect with Brock. You kill him once because Brock tried to sneak you. And then as Brock stumbles up the ramp, you prove that you're as much of a, a bastard and a badass main eventer as Brock. By you come back out there, you kick him right in the face again. And then you kick him again. And it's like perfect. And Brock sold for it perfectly. He goes ass over tea kettle. He's laid out. He's he's hurting. And finally, you know, Drew McIntyre, and they they <laughs> they did this with Aleister Black this week where they made him disappear. Drew, One thing they did with Drew McIntyre that was really smart over the last few months was he would be out there in the mix. If something was starting to go sideways, Drew would just disappear. So he was never hurt. And it's kind of funny how in WWE, like, when you go out injured, like you come back more over. So they figured out a way to keep somebody on the level by not having him be weighed down by anything else on the show. And they protected him in a good way. And they were able to set this up. So it's proof that they could still do it. It's like pulling teeth for them, and it took forever to do it. But, I mean, they've done a good job with him. They've done a much better job with him in understanding him than they have with Aleister Black that I think they've lost the plot on somewhat in some ways. And, and again, they better be careful because you don't want him. And it's been well over a year now. He's been on that main roster, so he could just be another dude. And they've been actually pretty good at not helping him, but also not dragging him down into the dirt worse, and they better be careful not to do that with the OC. Yeah, it's been about three months for Alistair, and I just, seeing what's happened with Ricochet, I still wonder, like, why the hell couldn't they have just kept them as a tag team, like, how, you know, made them tag team champions, and then had Alistair Black originally, you know, turn on Ricochet, and go from there, and have a mid-card you know, or upper mid card feud or whatever else to try to get both of those guys over as opposed to Ricochet because you comes know, out. You know why, you know why, and that's because Alistair's there and Ricochet's not. And you see how one is looked at as a star, one is looked at as a top-tier guy, and the other is looked at as, I don't understand, why do people like this little peanut head? 
dude who flips around. Like, why can't, you know, we, again, how they've described him. He's a superhero. Call yourself a superhero. Uh, I'm like, a superhero. Yeah. You like, know, it's, it doesn't work. Like, they got him, they got, they got Ricochet to, like, 2018, no, I'm sorry, 2018 returning Finn Balor, like, in record time. Like, they got, they got to, like, the end of the Finn Balor era in, like, in six months, almost, or five months. It's, I just don't, I, I just don't get it. It's like, and I'm looking at this card, like, this, even, I even, know, man, this. I, I think my thing is, like, even if you don't believe in him, fine. Make him your number three or four baby face. Keep him, keep him in a nice little spot. And then when there's a baby or heel you need to elevate, put him into a program, have him embarrass him and beat him, and then the crowd will still have already liked him. Yeah. Like instead, they just went out there and just take him off TV or you know have him get thoroughly, him main you know, thoroughly whooped by AJ Styles, except for the one time he beat him. And then from <laughs> that, got his ass whooped that whole program. Then he's doing nothing after, ever since of, of any kind of note. And now he's on main event with, with Cedric. And it's like, I don't I don't see what's the use of bring If you brought this dude up and you saw enough of him to try to give him a push initially, and the only thing he did was not be a good promo, then obviously it's, you know, they need they need, they need like five rocks to make this shit go. They don't need like regular wrestlers. But I, I just, I just, why are they so lazy? It's so, it's so annoying to see them be so lazy. And NXT don't, like, NXT is like the plutonic ideal of if you want to do this, rest, the wins and losses don't matter you know, nonsense of running a promotion, then, like, be just be NXT. I don't mean, like, as far as, um, I mean, as far as how you operate your storylines, you have they progress, and you have out-of-nowhere things where, like, in, in, um, Dead Ex Machina stuff, like, oh, Raquel Gonzalez just came out there and just saved uh, Dakota for no reason whatsoever. Okay, fine, but at least I can deal with that, and I got some, you know, I got uh, a decent story as opposed to, like, the start and stop stuff that just, like, no one can ever get behind on that, or get behind that kind of storytelling. Ricochet, here, I don't, I I, I don't want to get killed by anybody in the Ricochet uh, the hive, but I don't look at Ricochet, never did look at him as a world champion. Same with here. That, with that said, like, not everybody's going to be a world champion. Right. Like, like you mentioned, like, Jay Strongbow and guys of his <laughs> ilk, like, I mean, the, the formula was to get to X, you had to go through these dudes. Gatekeeper. And, like, yeah, and, and for Ricochet to be that, there's enough titles where he could have won one and kept one going and traded one out and got into this and got into that, but been the guy that was a stepping stone, sure, but you got to give him some credibility, or what does it mean to step on him? And when you bury people and when nobody means anything and when everything's 50-50, when guys get the it doesn't mean anything. And even worse than Ricochet is Ali. Because at least Ricochet, yeah. and, and I mean, it was the least, but at least was in there with Brock. was, And if this will be a race from history, it already was. On the, oh, on yeah, the airbrushed. But like the, the kick in the nuts. And the whole reason that Drew got him out was that was glossed over. And I get that for Drew and when you do the video package, but... They didn't even focus on that when he got to Saudi Arabia. And then, you know, it, it's over. It's done with. It never really happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like. Oh, they're doing that. They should just release them. Just fire them. Like, they clearly have no interest. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but they, they, they won't do that. And they, you know why they won't do that. But, like, with Ali, it's like, okay, everything that you say Ricochet doesn't have, Ali does. Ali has got more 
presence. I think because of the the gear that he has, he he radiates more than than other people. I think, and then definitely of Ricochet, his promos. And again, this is not to insult Ricochet; it's to praise Ali. Have been on the money. He's been creative. He's been clear. He's been strong with these promos, the videos that he did on his own. I mean, the initiative that he took to do that, his presence on how he carries himself out there. You know, on the real tip, he's you know again he is a Muslim. He was a former cop. I mean, you can he's young. You there's all these boxes that like you, if you want to check out and put, check off and put him in a situation, he fits a lot of situation. I mean, why would you not want to take care of this dude? And he's on SmackDown. I can tell you. Well, yeah, well he's on SmackDown with Bruce <laughs> Pritchard and with Vince McMahon as the filter, and it's like we don't know what to do with this guy or whatever it is, also- and it's like. Huh? It's amazing. In the side chance, in the side chance that he does catch fire, you think they're going to push him over Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns? Of course no. not. <laughs> I mean, no. So they don't want that catching fire at all. Move no. on the way. And it's it's an it's unfortunate because they need everything that they can get, and it's like the Rob Gronkowski thing. And I don't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. And I don't have to talk about it. Believe me. Let's talk about Gronk. Why not? Well, I'll just point out that like, okay, so you're going to put him on smack. Here's the next hot shot that you're doing to get attention and get ratings. And once you get the ESPN sports center clip, once you get him on, Oh God, who would be shoulder programming? Uh, the today show fourth hour with with Hoda and and whoever the hell she's. Oh man. Once you do this stuff, once you do the corporate synergy stuff, once it's like, uh, the Gronk, the Gronk, the Gronk against the Fiend, the Gronk against what? Once that's over with, what do you got? You got a goofball that a lot of people don't like with his stupid ass hair and his stupid ass face and his drunk ass self. And he can't wrestle. He's got a bad back, a bunch of concussions, and is pretty much an idiot. Like, I mean, like I'm hoping he gets in somebody's way, and I don't think this will happen in today's environment. And somebody chokes his ass out on the floor. Like all I want is a story, like one of those Boss Rutten, uh, Brian Urlacher stories, where like he just talks to somebody he shouldn't talk to, and is like pulled aside to say like this person's going to kill you. But nobody pulls him aside, and somebody actually just smears him all over the floor. And this is again, this is not that I'm pro- hoping that this happens to Gronk. But like this is this is where my brain is at with them bringing in another hot shot when you got all of this talent and then some on a roster that you couldn't build towards any of your you couldn't build toward you built towards Saudi in a way because you had to but you didn't build towards Elimination Chamber you're not building towards WrestleMania you're doing all this stuff just to try to get the cheapest of attention and it's not going to help you in the long run period point blank and I get wanting to go for the attention I get that. But like this dude's gonna be a regular. He signed a twenty. He's he's got date. He's got dates more than just like showing up at the at, at SummerSlam or maybe being in the Royal Rumble. Like, come on, man. This is not what we need right now. Part that's part of the reason why I I really don't have any interest in WWE. Like, it's like if, if the dude's gonna like actually become a legitimate wrestler, that's awesome. We're, there's a whole history of like guys being uh, football players and then becoming a wrestler. It's like okay, yeah, go, be, go become a wrestler. Yeah, none yeah you got Tito Sabatelli on the roster for how long? God, that that that's 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 different. How long's like, your twenty four seven champion be, been in the mix oh down God. there? God, yeah. How long has Riddick's Riddick Miles been on the roster? A long, long time. Yeah, I mean, and this is all in some ways too. It's like you know what you're going to get out of this, which is you're going to get Mojo Raleigh. 
Like, I don't want to see, and this is no offense because I grew up around College Park. Like, this is nothing against Mojo Raleigh and his enthusiasm. And uh, he's a great company, man. I'm sure he is. Dude, I don't want to see you. I, I, I don't want to see right. you, your personality. There's nothing about him I want to see at this point. They should have put him in a tag team, not with Zack Ryder a long time ago, if oh, they really God, thought they were going to do something with him. And they never did anything with him. And now it's like it's so predictable. Once Gronk is back, they have interest in him. Yeah. Once they don't have interest in Gronk, he'll go away again. But with Gronk being there, shit, that means Mojo's going to be there, and I don't have time for this. And I don't have time for Tino and Riddick Moss, and, and, and no offense to Dio Madden, but he's another one that they're probably going to – if they do some football shtick with these dudes, it's like, no, 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 no thank you. Man. Like, I, I don't really ha- have anything against those dudes. It's just – or I flat out don't have anything against those dudes, but the thing is, like, at a certain point, like, when are y'all gonna like realize that, like, that's not? If they were so talented, they should have sent them to evolve and let them work, get some damn right. work. And this is like the AEW women. Like, I don't want to hear this shit. Like, well, they're young on the roster. We're doing that. No, why are you not booking these people on indie shows where you need people? Like, put Nyla Rose should be working. Three days every weekend. She should get yeah. out of Wednesday and go, you're traveling Thursday. You're going to work here Friday. You're going to work here Saturday. You got a, uh, an afternoon Sunday show. Get experience. Right. Every single last thing in one of them. And not just them. Private party. There's other people as well, too, because you're on this big stage. Why they, they're not doing it, I don't know. Use Evolve. Like, in yep. my opinion, I don't know what they're going to do with Gargano. And I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here. I don't know what they're going to do with Gargano and Ciampa, but... Somebody need to retire. That's the thing. Is like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, neither one of them want to go to the main roster. Right. Neither one of them could survive the main roster. Right. I don't think Triple H wants them on the main roster. Right. Frankly, I think if anybody goes up, it's going to be the Undisputed Era. And it, it yep. may... And it's going to be... Because that's why I think that's where Dream's coming in. Yep. And it's going to be Keith Lee. There's other people you can bring up. So I think Gargano's going to ultimately lose, but what I would do with him is stick him in Evolve, stick him on NXT UK, stick him wherever you can so he stays working. He can do what he, you know, he can train, but he can let that back go and let any of his injuries kind of subside to the side. And you can still utilize him on your brands, on your network without using him on NXT. You can stay adjacent with him. You can talk about what he did on UK or that he cut a promo and he ain't going to forget Tommaso or whatever you want to do, but you can utilize him that way. But like one of them on the main roster. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that's, has been finito. Even if I, I just, I feel like one of them is going to have to lay it down. Um, after this, like it's going to be, you know, and I think it's going to be really chompa, but we'll see. Uh, I, I really don't see what's next for Ciampa in NXT after this. After this, like, was he going to get the NXT title back? Like that, uh, I don't really see it. But um, I forgot what we were um, talking about. Oh yeah, I know. What, oh, so I was going to ask you because of how much you seem to have hated the Gronk. Um, is the reason why you uh, are you still holding bitter feelings to twenty eight to three? Are you still holding bitter feelings onto that? Have you let that go yet? So, Rich, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> Actually, no, and here's why. Because uh, one year on my fantasy team, I decided I took Gronkowski and I had Hernandez the year that they <laughs> So I had both of them, and I can't. I, like, I, I was decent across the board at every other position, but mm-hmm. like because you could always start. I mean, you get that option for that second tight end in there, and I would use him, and yeah, I cleaned up pretty good. So, you know... 
I mean, oh, Super Bowl man. aside, like, you know, I can blame it on Shanahan. You know, I, I can do that because I've seen him lose another one and yeah. out of his hands. But hey, you know, it, it's, it's, that's, that's on me. I accept that. That's not on them. I hate him for entirely other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, okay. So. Uh, Another point you brought up was the um, the women in AEW. They need to uh, go ahead and get dates and forget that they're young. They're young. Like that's one thing that for me is just this year in AEW um, in 2019, the first quarter. Um, one thing I think you, you talked about how the, well they've you know kind of rallied the troops and you know cut some of the stuff that wasn't working. I think one of the things that I think a lot of people, especially me. Um, are happy to see is like they're actually giving them room to actually like be more than just people that come out and be caricatures at Russell. So like with Britt Baker and Tony in um, Nyla winning the title and cutting promos as this, you know, dominating heel, um, you know, uh, the back and forth between Britt and, and Swole, uh, the storyline that played between Britt and um, Yuka with the, you know, the, the teeth thing. Like, I feel like there are more memorable things that have happened out of this uh, in these three months than the first three months of Dynamite. I agree. You know, I I agree. I just, they, I thought Hikaru Shida was going to be this more, but I, I I know she had to move and Mm -hmm. I I just, she's got experience. You know, I thought Imi Sakura, I get why they, she was a good choice for Riho. She was not a good choice to the, I think to the American fan base Mm -hmm. and, there were ways, I think, to introduce, and that's the thing. I don't think they've introduced these women as well as they they should have to with a, with enough of a story on who they are, right? And why we should care about them. And I, I just, and I know some things with Caddy Wumpus right off the bat because I think they were, I guess, they were really looking at Kylie Ray to be like Kylie Ray and Britt were going to be their people, and like Britt was going to be the really pretty one with the great, you know, side story that is going to need some work. And then Kylie was going to be the R Bailey who could work a little bit and kind of work with everybody. And then we'd have Riho and then we'd have this. And it's like, eh, <laughs> you know, it, obviously nothing worked out in the way that they had really planned to, but they just didn't put him in the right position. And I still am not sure that they're doing that. Like Chris Statlander, is all the potential in the world. And I look at you look at her body, you look at her poise at this point for as much as she's wrestled, which hasn't been much. And it's like, okay, it's a big block, you know, and I mean that in the most positive way. I, I really do. But it's like, and you need a big block out there with Nyla Rose, you know, because it's like Brock Lesnar. It's like, who, you know, who do you, I know this is wrestling. It's fake all, you know, whatever, whatever. But like, who do you think is going to beat, you know, Brock Lesnar, who's going to beat Nyla Rose? You need somebody out there. And why they didn't separate those two, keep them apart, feed them both, you know, every jazz. Uh, I'm, trying to think of every, I'm trying to think of anybody out there on the scene that you could bring in and help them work and put them over. You know, this one in two minutes, this one in four, this one in eight. You know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, however waters you needed to take them, you find that person to put them in with and keep them apart. And they didn't do that. And not only do you not do that, you had them go off for that face-off where Nyla cut a great promo. Finally, she's out there. She cuts a promo. They give her the chance to. It starts a little rough, and then she hits it. But then you bring out Chris, and then you bring out Swole. And this is nothing against Big Swole, okay? She shouldn't be there. And if she is going to be there, she's another one. She should be working 
Friday, Saturday, and I don't know if she's not or if she is. I don't know, but she doesn't seem like it, and she needs to be because she's not ready for prime time, and it's not her fault. I'm going to take the prime time spot and the money and the the uh, exposure too, if right. offered. With that said, it's for them to put her in a better spot. So a year, two years, three years from now, we're not going. Oh God, here's Statlander, here's Swole, here's you know X, Y, and Z woman. So uh, they. They've done a better job with them. They they focused on Nyla should be the monster of the division. That's how it should be. Britt as a bad guy obviously is working out infinitely better, you know, because she, she, she's got it down. I mean, the cadence when she's screwing with Tony. I, as soon as I heard it on the boat, right up the Tony, it's like, okay. <laughs> like anybody that's heard that, we've all heard that from that woman that's annoying who's you're trying to get away from because she's trying to get with you or just annoy whatever where it's just like hey oh yo like no get away and i think she pulls it off perfectly now again the ring you know the best thing they could do is bring in people and just put these people in better positions and get them out there working i remember and I, i keep bringing this up because it blows my mind when they were talking about alex marvez and i listen to alex every day for the most part in nfl radio i know what his gig is i know he what he's writing and it's like um, are uh, asking around? Are they? Is he? Has he been in the box? Is he? He's going to be calling matches. Like, who's he working with? Because like right. before TNA, and this is the you know the the stories because Jim Cornette went in and smacked the shit out of Ed Ferrara. But like you know when TNA was starting, they would they went to NWA like Wild Side shows in Georgia, and it was Ed Ferrara and Mike Tenay or whoever it was. I can't remember who was actually Don West. I guess it was because they had never done wrestling. Don West had never done wrestling. So mm-hmm. it's like, get him out there to learn. And it was like, well, is Alex doing this? I don't think so, no. And I'm thinking, well, he's on his shift with Gil Brandt from 7 to 10. He's obviously not, you know, for or, or whatever it is, 7 to 11. So he's definitely not doing it then. It's like, and then they put him out there, and it's not good. And it's like, well, what? You know, I'm not blaming And everybody killed Alex. It's like, this isn't Alex's fault. I mean, it's like, it's like hey, hey, Rich. Go out there and like I'm trying. What is an instrument you don't know how to use? Like go play the <laughs> harmonica. Oh, you're a musician, right? Go play the trombone in front of these, you know, fifty thousand people. It just come on, man. It's like you didn't put them in the best chance. You didn't give them the best chance to succeed. And as bad as we jump on WWE for that, when AEW doesn't because of the people they have put in the position to succeed, it's tough. And the women is where this is where WWE's got it all over them is with women and it's because number one the lot that they have but it's the amount of women that they have who again with different experience levels io shirai is criminally underused underrated under you know all that stuff underutilized but like that's where she's at right now yeah, but imagine her so. on the aw roster shit oh my god Ace. I, mean, I mean look <laughs> She might be the best wrestler in NXT. I mean, if I were to, if I were to pick one person in NXT, they go out there and have the best match you possibly can, given your talent level. I think she's more talented in the ring than Johnny Gargano, but it is what it is, and you know how I feel about Johnny. I love Johnny, uh, but I, I think the thing for me is when I hear about, oh, this person only been wrestling for five years. I'm like, man, forget the five years. How many matches have they had? Like. You look at the Statlander five-year thing or, or or three years, whatever it is, and I'm like, okay, well, let's compare her to people that have worked in stardom for, like, three years and have, you know, like, mm-hmm. 250 dates or whatever else. They're far ahead of them. They need matches to get in the ring. And, like, when you have Nyla, for example, when Nyla um, did the powerbomb thing to get sent out of the uh, promotion for, you know, you know, by 
as a punishment, being fined and suspended or whatever else. She did the stardom. She or she did a marvelous tour, um, and she did three dates in one day or three matches in one day. And then you look at her 2019 so far. She's had like nine matches. Like okay, so wait a minute. Um, the only day she's doing is AEW. She's not being sent around to, you know, shine, shimmer, uh, rise, whatever else. And maybe that's because of the WWE connection. I don't know. But, like, there's also other places and other indies to go work at where, you know, where top indies. And it's not there. So I'm like, okay, so basically we're just going to just wait until these people get good in three years. Okay. Good luck. Session Marth Martina is getting more time in. In more yeah. places, you know, and Doing this is not to bag her, but it's like, you know, and granted, different situation, but she's working Eve and she's working ROH and she's working this one and that one and the other one. And it's like, again, yeah, there's that tie in with WWN. So, okay, you, you don't want to send her to Gabe. You don't want to send her to, you know, if you're, you're not sure about stardom, but it's like, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. I, I know that right. Kenny Omega guy's got a connection with DDT. Like, right. You know, the dojo life can be kind of important look at dakota kai look at you know a lot of uh tegan ross tegan nixon newell yeah i mean you, you the women who have gone over there and stayed for a little bit and again that's the only way you get better is to practice and to iron sharpens iron and to fuck up and to get yelled at <laughs> and to get you know sometimes you get smacked i mean look i come from a different era of like football playing and stuff like that where it's like it's okay to get knocked down. It's it's how you get up and what do you, did you learn anything? You know, again, the, the repetition that you get that you just can't get wrestling once a week on a Wednesday for four minutes. It right. just it is not going to cut it. And sending them over there, no, it's not like it's working with you know. T- it's not like you're working in stardom. I get that, but like Mako Satamora's out there, and again, maybe that's a that's a WWF tie-in or WWE tie-in. Possibly, I don't know where they stand, but I do know that you could send them over to Japan, have them work smaller promotions with women who are working every day at this. And how are they not going to get better? I mean, it's just how are they not? Their levels are where they are right now. They're only going to improve, right? And I mean, you look at so many people that they've signed in WWE have worked stardom or different places in Japan whether it's like I mean you look at that whole entire NXT UK thing and it's like okay Tony um Rhea worked uh, a couple shows in Japan um uh, Piper Viper or Piper Viper Niven whatever her name is in NXT UK uh Kaylee Ray um even even Robbie Brookside's uh girl uh Zaya say is like Killer Kelly's worked Sendai girls like it's Isla Dawn worked stardom <laughs> and you just look and you're just like, okay, so send her they... to sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. So if you don't want to send her to Japan, send her to Europe. Yeah, like Jetta is is you know it's, she's not leaving to go anywhere from Eve. Like I mean, it just it, it, there's enough places in Germany, you know, I, th- there's enough places to go with people that you are connected with, even if it's mostly even working with men, even it or a promotion where she's going to have to work with. I mean, they're they're training and working with men here anyway. It's like right. Chris Stat. Has worked more probably with Chris Dickinson than she has some women, you know, that uh, on the indie scene. You know, right. so it's like wherever they can go to get it. If if the concern is well, you don't have anybody. Or there's going to be a political issue here. Mex, I mean, in Mexico is a little bit different because again, now you're you may be confusing them working from the other side or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't think 
anybody that ever got sent down there got that confused, you know, right. you know <laughs> the, the, the level of women is not as high there. I mean, th- things have kind of changed, but there's, don't tell me that there's not options because there are, I mean, look, who knew who private party was for the most part, you know, and that's, if you follow the indies, if you follow evolve ROH new Japan, you know, if you follow other promotions in WWE, you still didn't know those promote. You still didn't know who Private Party was. You didn't know who Nyla Rose was. So you're finding these people and bringing them to the to the forefront. Take care of those people who are on the roster because again, Cody's going to screw up at some point. You know, Jericho's going to be gone for a while. This isn't going to hit. That's not going to hit. Your main stuff isn't going to hit. But if your other stuff is humming, if your women's division's going good and your mid card and your lower mid card solid, well, then you give yourself a little bit of a chance to breathe. Yeah, I agree, and uh, you also look at the, almost every single week, the lack of amount of time that the women's division really gets, they get like seemingly 20 minutes tops per two hours of show, like, clearly they know they're doing some protection there, and I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily uh, upset that, you know, they're doing that level of protection given where they are as wrestlers, most of them, but... I always I always had the same feeling, just like okay, eventually they're not everything is not like the big things they do is not going to be great, and they're going to have to rely on something else eventually. Like they're going to have to like you know quote unquote you know um, wrestle or, or sorry uh, fight with with the with the left hand, and you know maybe maybe the back pocket thing is like they just focus more on tags and trio stuff, but like. I don't think they can go to all right. Well, let's have 40, let's, let's four, have a second. Four people in the match, the shitty match that falls apart is still worse than two. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like I don't think they're going to go to. I don't think they're really at a point where like, okay, well, let's go to women's wrestling and have a second feud going on on the same show. There's, that's it's not going to happen. It's like, all right, well, they're not going to get better if you don't get more opportunity. And <laughs> I don't think people- you want to learn on the job on TV. I don't. I think I always thought that's a bad preposition. Even when they do that with Lacey Evans or whatever, or Dana Brooke or whatever projects they've tried to do, you know, pull them out of NXT before they're ready either. Two more great examples. I mean, two more. And Rich, I'm sorry, but yeah, two more great examples there of people that you, you didn't put in the best position that you could have maximized far better and far more. And uh, with the women, yeah, in AEW, it's again, it's like, yeah, forget about a second <laughs> women's feud at all. I mean, you know, again, if you can't pull off one, and just again, it comes back into. What do you got them there for? There's too many people that came out and said you shouldn't even had a women's division. Ugh. That was bad. That was that was bad to start with when you had people that like were respectable enough people going like you don't have enough to start this. Have matches, not a division, because you just don't have enough to keep it on yet. So they have been um, like using AW Dart a lot to you know like have more time for you know the women's wrestlers and also like to scout. Uh, a lot of different women like they're pulling people I've never seen ever like they had one name a bad on I believe Russell Hikaru Shida this week and I mean it's like this is clearly the weakness like for and it's like if you know this is your weakness I don't think you need to just like bend over and try to make it your strength all in one wop like you need to just make sure <clears throat> you're doing what you're doing like you're coming up with a process to to be to eventually get the right results rather than jumping to hey we're just going to start overexposing them for for the fuck of it like they're like it or not they're in the middle of a ratings war too so it's like you know yeah you're yeah. going to get one shot 
Like yeah. there's there's going to be one slot or maybe two like on dynamite like that. Aside from that, they've got ancillary program right. programs for that. Right, right, and not, they do utilize dark. I, 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 my thing is they need to utilize outside of just dark to get this done, or maybe whenever they do whatever they do with this secondary show or whatever else. Like maybe there's more YouTube shows. I don't know, but uh, like six six wrestling matches in one. I mean six or six wrestling matches um, through the first quarter of the year for Nala Rose on from AEW ain't going to get her where she needs to be or where, you know, or where they want her to be anyway. Um, they're going to have to outsource that. Same for Britt. Same for, um, I don't know, who uh, Swole. Same for, I mean, Shanna's pretty good. Uh, I, I really think, like, they, they know what their, it seems like they know where their core is right now. So, like, they're ahead of where they were last year, comparatively speaking, obviously. But, all right, if that's what you, if, if these are the people that you're rocking with, Good, fine by me. Pick somebody and figure out how to make them as successful as you possibly can. And I think that comes down to you got to get them dates, like like Mike said, outside of dynamite or dark. And a hush falls over the room. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a message. I was trying to see uh, what that was, but um, anyway, I think Actually, talk- I will be right back. Sorry. All right, no problem. <laughs> give me like give me like fifteen seconds. I'll be back. All right, no problem. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to think of other stuff from just at least even talk about right now. I mean, Hangman Page, <laughs> okay, Hangman Page, and um, I guess uh, you know he had the deal where they they beat Matt Jackson or excuse me, laid Nick Jackson the fuck out, and uh, he basically said the Bucks weren't going to be his partners. And this guy's a superstar. Like just every week, it's like. He's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, you know, with the coronavirus thing, he sends that letter out, um, you know, just just fucking hilarious. Like saying he can't like take drinks from anybody anymore. And I just think he's so um, he has such a great command of the room and know who he is right now. Yeah, um, I I want to see what happens when he's in a singles feud um, again. Um, I, okay. I, he wrestled Pac. It was awesome. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. Well, maybe not match. I mean, as far as a program, uh, I want to see can he go from having the quote unquote mid card program to having the main event program, or like can he be in the number two spot on a card like in like basically like the Cody role lately? Um, I want to see like that's what be the next progression. Kind of like how we talk about with uh, Kashida, not Kashida, but uh, Sonata, and wonder like, all right, well, like what's next for Sonata? Like, you know, like we need to get this one belt off of Naito and make you know try to get him towards IC champion type thing this year. Like that's what his twenty nine. That's what that's what the goal for twenty twenty should be for like Sonata. So like the twenty twenty goal for Adam Page should be like, can he like be in a feud in a and then secondary number two few singles feud or whatever else with somebody. And I think that's obviously going to be the Kenny thing when they eventually break up. But um, I wonder if he's there yet or if he still needs even more time than where we are now. Because, like, it, it, you know, for a while it felt to me like, or before we got to um, Revolution, it seemed like we were primed for he's going to turn on Cody or whatever else, or not Cody, turn on Kenny and go towards this thing in the next pay per view. But. Obviously, you know, uh, they're going to continue letting this thing play out until eventually one of them turns on each other. So how are you feeling about this this um, this tag team and particularly Hayman Page? I mean, we, we all pretty much know, like, what Kenny is about. And, you know, he's 
whatever. But uh, the whole thing is, uh, I think, you know, with Hangman, it's really compelling to see how he how he has the arenas like going nuts uh, right now. Like, what, Mike, what are you thinking? Um, you know, with Hangman, like, what's his twenty twenty kind of look like? It'll be interesting. I mean, this is another one. If you look at the end of last year and the, where they were going, they had to get Hangman right, and they didn't get him right from day one, and they had to fix that, and they have fixed it. And Kenny Omega. You know, a lot of people, and I was not Mr. Kenny Omega in Japan or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I look at what Finn Balor did there as more revolutionary. I think in some ways what AJ Styles was able to do getting over there was in some ways more impressive. So I always set Kenny Omega up against those other Bullet Club guys. Now, match-wise and all that stuff, athleticism, you know, unmatched. But, like, I think the best thing Kenny Omega has done in his time in AEW was get involved in the tag match with Hangman Page yep. because he's an executive of this company. And Hangman Page, forget about the Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega. Who were the people that were going to be the real stars going forward of this company? Britt Baker. It was going to be, obviously, Kylie Ray, Pac, you know, at least for as much as they could get him for, you know, America and for the UK. He was going to be key. And, obviously, Hangman Page. You know, this is a guy that Hiroshi Tanahashi loved that that was going to be a cornerstone of New Japan's, you know, the foreigners in New Japan for years to come. Obviously, that didn't happen because he goes with AEW. So, okay, he's going to be a cornerstone AEW for years to come. And it didn't happen. And things slipped up right from Jump Street. How they've gotten it back, I think, has been they, they've it's been a yeoman's effort. They have not slipped up. They've they put in the work to to kind of build him back up. And you just sometimes need one thing. And that one thing was that cowboy shit. And, you know, the performances have gotten better. Obviously, how they've teased him and Kenny has been great to the point now where Kenny could turn, the Young Bucks could turn, Adam Page could turn. But here's the one thing I don't do. I don't turn Adam Page for nothing. You know, unless you got a really great story here that you are going to push him to the moon and he's going to be your new Jericho, you know, for whatever time he's going to be that dude. That's the only way I turn him. You know, and I wait till he gets to the the peak of where you can popularity wise, and then let it slip. But I would ride this for as long and as hard as I can because you want him to be your babyface superstar for forever and a day. You know what I mean? And I think he can be. You know, but if you need to have him go to the dark side again, you got enough baby faces there, I guess. Now, if you want to do it short term, but I wouldn't. I, I would just leave it alone. But I think no matter what they decide to do. I think they've actually got some heat and some steam behind them enough where people believe in them and their fans are back to really, it really their fans believe in him because all of the new Japan fans, they believed in them. You know, if somebody was coming over from ROH, they believed in them. There were some people that probably didn't see Adam page all that much in relation to some of the others. And now they get it. The character, they believe in him. He's not just the, you know, the fifth wheel, you know, uh, of the elite. He is, you know, in the driver's seat or at least, People believe he is, and that's how he's he's looking at himself, and that's easy. Hey, look, nobody wants to get down with a loser, and that's another thing that WWE always forgets about 50-50 and all that. It's like, you know, at some point, even if you're an a-hole, whether it be Trump or Mayweather or whatever, there are people that will just ride with you because you're winning, because they want to be associated with a winner. And so at some point, you have to give people that and give people a reason to rally behind you. You know, win, lose, or draw, I mean, that shit matters. It's win. Right. And I think 
I think more important than, you know, the drinking beer thing is like, because everyone, I mean, there's a long history of people drinking beer in front of crowds at wrestling shows from, from, look, from, from the top, from the pinnacle of Steve Austin to the bottom of Sandman. But <laughs> yeah, uh, who's learning to crush her? I mean, we can go back years right, on this. There's no way right. somebody getting drunk. You dated yourself. But <laughs> Man, I'm not that old now. I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking drunk here. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, I think the fact that like they put him in the makeshift tag team and I mean, you had the makeshift tag team of Kenny and Heyman batting around even like the one of the first two episodes of Dynamite when they had that tag match with Pac and, and, and Ambrose. That was great. Or, yeah, it's not Ambrose, but whatever. And Moxley, whatever. So, he, uh, you had that and you had those roots and then like they get into these matches and regardless of whatever happens, at the end of it, Hangman is going to get the pin. Great. Kenny doesn't need those wins. It's a tag match. He's a, he's a, like he's a great wrestler. He's already established that crowd. The person he needed to show and prove was Hangman. And Hangman goes out there and normally he goes wild at the end of these matches and wins these matches or whatever else. So like this is this is the the push and it's worked out splendidly. Like I'm glad that he drinks the beer, but at the end of the day, like he goes out there with Kenny. They have kick ass matches, and at the end he goes wild and he ends up p- putting people away. It's not that hard. Like the last person in WWE you look at that like became a huge star or a big star at the top of the company was this woman named Becky Lynch. It was because she went on a win streak by putting people in the on SmackDown in the middle of the ring with her finisher, eight weeks in a row or eight straight matches and singles matches. This isn't booking is hard, but it ain't rocket science. So I I I really love the the Hangman thing, and I just wonder if we can take this to the next level or if it's like. All right, he's just going to be like him and Darby are just going to be like the two guys just underneath. Or I'm just wondering if I just I'm just curious if either one of them breaks breaks through all the way to the top of the card, and if their fan base will buy them like in the short term as opposed to years down the line. Like, can Hangman be a potential championship title holder? Like, you know, in the next year, or is this something where it's like, nah, like you need to get. Hangman, or not Hangman, you need to get Cody and Jericho and Moxley out the way before people will actually buy that. I don't know. I I don't think you need to get them out of the way, but I think you just need to... I would ride with them until I can't anymore Mm -hmm. because you have... You have a, a Jericho MJF dynamic if you want it. You obviously have the Cody MJF dynamic. You have the Cody... Uh, Cody and Moxley down the line at yep. some point. You have these little names in the mix. You have Omega still, obviously, who you know can turn it up against any of them. So with Page, it's it's gonna just be a matter of timing. As long as he stays strong and in the mix, which you would figure he will, as long as he is credible, people will buy it because, like you know, Adam Page can beat Chris Jericho in a good match. I, I, certain of that you know that match be put together by jericho it would be good you know omega can because at least just physically you know can page keep up with him to x amount no he probably can't but he wouldn't have to either and you know probably it's going to be an excellent match you know you put them in there with these guys with Pac again you, you do that match again in this environment with what people know of both of these guys and their characters more developed 
you know, I think it bangs a lot harder. So, you know, him and Swagger, eh, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a reach, but that's you're going to have people like that. How does he how does Page perform? You know, he's if he's going to be a world champion, how's he going to make the guys who you have to have matches like this? You know, Sammy Guevara for his experience level for his inexperiences, Pages in some ways, like, you know, how can he make him look so? I think he can be that dude, but I just think you're going to need the story because you have these other, you know, big, huge shadow stories that, you know, from these big, huge figures that you got on your roster that just unfortunately they, they overshadow him right now. And this is where this is where if they wanted to do something again, go back to the past and make a title count. This is where your national title, U.S. title, intercontinental title this is where it should be strong, and this is where you should have one because you have Adam Page with that belt against this person, that person, the other person, Pac, same way. It's like if you had that and you actually have a title that means something and it's a real stepping stone, then you can have him mess with that or you can have him and three other guys, four other guys mess with that in the mix for months on end while these other guys are in the top mix. And then you can have one of them ready and always kind of like dribble them in and out by like sliding them up and down. You can always have a big six. It's just, you always had that one last spot open to keep rotating people in and out of. So they stay credible. And I think as long as Paige is in that mix with those other guys, I think you're going to be all right. I just think even two years down the road, it just may be too soon because of the environment, but that doesn't mean you can't keep them strong. It's hey, you can have as many stars as you want for as long as you want, as long as you keep them stars. It's funny you brought up the secondary belt, and I thought that would be the spot for Cody. Like since he can't win the world title anymore, uh, give him that second belt. <laughs> Do like a tournament final, Page and Page and Cody, and let them go to war. But th- that would be the instant way to 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 you know, make sure that that title's got steam on it and make sure it's credible by putting it on a Cody. Because you say, I mean, the greatest example is Shinsuke Nakamura with the Intercontinental title in in New Japan. Mm -hmm. It's just the, it was the ultimate, and the feud with Sombra, you know, Andrade now, that was one of those things where it's like, okay, this belt can be, this is going to main event other shows. Shinsuke is such a star that he takes the belt up, and then he defended it as if it was, oh, heaven forbid, important. (laughs) Because <laughs> it was a championship. <laughs> so, you know, once you do that, then great. And Cody could be that dude. He could e- e- easily be that dude. And it doesn't have to be forever. He doesn't have to hold this belt and look at it with, like, sadness that, like, one day I wish you could be the world belt. No, he just does that <laughs> until he loses it, gets in a storyline with somebody else for a while, and then wants the other belt again. You know, it's like in, in the WWE's world, he'd be looking at that belt every day going, well, it's not worth it enough. I want the world title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they would run completely opposite what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah, I, I'm still... <sighs> A secondary belt's cool, and I've heard them talk about uh, how they want to, how they're trying to figure out what they want to do because they want to figure out how to do stuff like potentially a secondary belt without feeling like a mid card title, uh, which is like, well, if best of luck, best best of luck. Uh, but I, I hey, the um, world television title used to be looked at as a world title on television because that's what they said. And Arn Anderson went out there and said, "This is so important. I'm going to defend it all the time." And right. it this matters, and it's like it's going to matter if you make it matter. Like there's six man titles. If you, I mean, I could see that coming for them faster than I could see anything yes. else. 
that, but that's, it's like that's what, that's what I wanted for months. And that's the thing. And they'll do it. And like in some ways, I'm actually for it because I, in some ways, I kind of like having factions and units that you can it just gives you more flexibility and more dexterity in your booking i think when you can have some units like that but uh, to me you can't get over the top with it but they could i I guarantee you they would treat that belt like a main event belt right from jump street so if they could do it with that they could do it with anything because there has not been a six-man championship to matter in this country unless you lived in dallas (laughs) <laughs> you know, between 82 and 85, or you lived in Charlotte in for a little bit in 86. You know what I'm saying? With, yeah. like, with the Road Warriors and Dusty had it, like, it, against the, the Russians. And that's been it. Like, from there, like, if anybody's going to make a, a trios title work in it's the States, it, it, it's got to be them. I don't know who else it could be. And it's also relatively easy. It's like, I, I mean, given, given, think of, you know, the elite inner circle, um, the the death triangle now best friends of orange cassidy um let's see what other facts jurassic, jurassic express right like you have all these places and then like you have all these matchups of, or different mixed matches between the two bigger factions like inner circle and elite or elite adjacent when you know you can throw out qt marshall and dustin or whatever else uh, to, to be, obviously, or for QT to come out there and eat a pin and go out there and you know basically have the worst fucking Sasuke special in, in the history of the fucking sport and then go out there and get pinned, fine. But like I, I watch Stardom and I see their trios titles matches when they you know care about them and how you know they do multi person tags so often on these shows and or even just in Joshi tags in general and different you know um, Kirk and Hall shows. And like you watch these people fly around, you watch people fly around and beat the shit out of each other. And you're just like, this is easy. This is simple. And I mean, you look at the Joshi match they did at um, what was that double or nothing? Uh, yeah. They had Asha Kong and, yeah. Like you see how like easy that was to, cr- to to please the crowd, and like they weren't killing themselves to to, to have a, a match that the crowd loved, and they did that. And it's like, okay, simple. Just do it really simple. Have the young bucks and Kenny. Win the trios titles, have Kenny have to choose between Hangman and um and the Young Bucks, or you know do more of that. Like that's a simple. I'm not saying they need to do that, but like that's a some something that like is right there in their face if they want to do that with the trios titles situation. Like it's they come up with they they put themselves in so many positions of flexibility to like get themselves out of things and into things that it's almost like I almost feel like they have too many good ideas at sometimes like when their shows are kind of. Especially in the beginning, in the first few, like, nine or 12 episodes, whatever, I was like, they almost have too many good ideas for their own good that it muddies up what they're trying to do because they're trying to fit so much stuff in. And now, like, they pared it down. That's why the show's better. But, like, I feel like they, they're they always thinking. That's how I feel. You know why they have so much dexterity, too? Is because they're booking wrestling. They're not yeah. writing wrestling, which gave them the ability at the end of the year to do... And that's one of the things, too, where it's like, I'm in a catch-22 position because depending on how you want to look at a YouTube video that was cut from Observer Live or whatever, it's like, I'm either uh, this boomer who's old, who's stuck in the past, who does a show (laughs) on a network that's got Jim Cornette on it, and because... You know, and we hear this if you're John McAdam, if you're Jeff Bowdrin, if you're me, it's, well, because you're on the Arcadian Vanguard Network and there happens to be two Cornette shows there where you're all all the same. 
all y'all care about is that old wrestling and your mid Atlantic eighty two and eighty three and fuck you and Dusty and all that and it's like <laughs> You know, one, my titties aren't as big. I don't want to talk about my splotch like that. But you got to remember that, like, all of these things that you're watching right now were built upon that. Like, what Cody right. is doing, he's doing his daddy's thing. And if you right. look at Cody, he's just like his daddy where he's the best baby face in the world. No, he's not. He's a heel. He's just playing a great baby face right now. And he is booking himself in great positions, and he's he's burning through stuff like his daddy. I mean, there is a whole lot of daddy to Cody, and that's a good thing when it's humming. But that's what it is, and it's like there's something to learn from that stuff. With that said, I'm also not that old, <laughs> you know. It's right. like I, I, you know, I get what's going on today, and it's like you're in that spot where it's like for me, it's like you know, are you too old, or or you're not having enough fun with what happens and then you say something positive about AEW, and then you're just buried because it's like what about psychology what about this what about that it's like come on yeah like i think brian's segment the other week about like the differences between the wwe and um aw fans i feel like me and james have given some version of that speech like almost every week for like a year now <laughs> I mean, you were doing that back when like it was the aid you know the main roster uh people that like hate nxt because nxt gets got the praise it has gotten over the years compared to yeah. the main roster like we've been doing it ever since then so we've been doing this since like i don't know when did johnny go singles like 2017 ish but the yeah. only thing i had with brian was like he completely dismiss those people that and again i've had to feel it and he feels it and he knows it too where it's like if you say something about aw fans because it's a different set oh yeah and a lot of this comes you see it with the rating where it's like if something happens like wwe is to the point now where you hear but well man you would figure people who are over 50 would care about the news they do but the thing is what wwe has left of their fan base like right they That's are it. that die hard and hardcore it's like nxt that number did not move on right. wednesday night didn't you know, it go up in the second hour I, I think it may have i mean i know yeah. the overrun you know helped to to push that yeah. up but it was aw fans are much more likely to be in touch with the rest of the world like sports or but you events know, and culture from what i've seen is that is true but a lot of them connect with that outside world through twitter through instagram through facebook through uh forums through reddit where yes they do have more of an idea of what's going on they more are more they comprehend more of what's going on and maybe they want to dip into that or dip into the sporting event that's going on but they're also looking at it in a completely different way because of their age group and they look mm-hmm. at things differently they get offended much differently and and, and much more quickly you know, the rage gets built up and things swing much more wildly. And that's something AEW's you got to watch for just in general as they move forward because they do have a newer base. You know, I worried about them with a lot of their gilded fan base that they have. If they're not traveling to your shows anymore, then what? You know, and I thought they had to be very careful initially because they built a fan base that was wheeling, dealing to travel. And sure, I'll show up to go, you know, Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend and this and that's like, well, you know, you know, some people grow up, they only have two weeks of vacation and they got a family and limited incomes and stuff. And like when that hits, then what, you know, when the when you're not hot anymore, then what? And I think they're doing a good job kind of building a lot of that stuff up. But they're also building a base that is wildly different than anything that anybody else has had to deal with. And it's kind of a a new and wild frontier. So, you know, are they going to be able to how much can they? 
because one of the problems with like a Nyla Rose is okay. Well, let's maybe we can play on this real life aspect of something you know of her life of being transgender. Can we play this into? And it's like, I don't know. Can you? Because you're going to have enough of your base that that is for this and understands that you're using it as a storyline, and it's it's still a show and it's still a storyline. Or are they going to get too pissed? They get too pissed over somebody losing, much less using actually using trans. Because have they really said that on the air? Have they said she's transgender? How much have they used Sunny Kiss? I mean, they and I'm not saying that like, hey, the experience level Sunny Kiss shouldn't be there anyway. In some ways, he should only be on dark. He should only be, you know, working, you know, kind of the perimeter. But like, hmm, you know, there's a lot of fanfare like to your fan base online with Sunny Kiss, but then you haven't really utilized him much. Right. You haven't. He's told his story you know what i mean like you haven't even done that so it's like it's going to be interesting to see how they play kind of everything because they got a much more sensitive base and i'm not trying to rip it or anything like that but i see i see how they react to things i see how they've reacted to me saying just something simple and you get like somebody says you're racist somebody says you're not racist somebody says you're sexist somebody says, and this is all the same thing I got I've been hammered for stuff on both sides and it's like wait a second I didn't even think it was that bad yeah I got two people saying listening and hearing something completely different they're hearing what they want to hear other than what I meant to mean you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it's like they have more of that and more of an emotional base and it's how they're gonna it'll be interesting to see how they lasso and maneuver and harness that because one of the biggest parts of pressing booking and where they've done it well is you got to steer your ship. You have to give them enough of what they want. So when you have them strapped in, in the car, when they see that terrible thing coming on the off ramp, they're going to stay in the car and not jump out and bail on you because <laughs> sooner or later they can see some light at the end of the tunnel and the end of the road. And they know, okay, we're moving in that direction. Whether you, you know, you, you pull a hard right at the last minute because you need to take, you know, Omega here, or you need to take Cody here. That's all right, but they're steering it better, and they because of the pro wrestling aspect, they can do that. And and that's where that's one thing they have all over WWE. WWE has gone so much in the other direction that they write themselves with their seventy riders into hell. Whereas you have more flexibility and dexterity with what with what AEW is doing. It's just their base is different. WWE's base, they're insane, and at, <laughs> at this point. The the one point five million or whatever whatever the number is for the network that's truly your your base you know everybody talks about two million one point nine nine you know they see that rating viewing number and go well that's it no the base is the network but if they're still willing to pay if they're still willing to stand in there I mean that's one thing that AEW does not have yet they don't have that core to that level that is not going anywhere wwe is battle tested that way if nothing else they got two million people that are batshit crazy that will give them any amount of money to fall back on yeah and that's that's something that's going to take what i mean it's going to take years but maybe even maybe even a decade but I i do i do enjoy the fact that like I don't feel like when I watch a television show, I don't feel like I have to like I'm being fought against like with my with my you know sense of decency and, and common sense as opposed to watching the main roster and just be like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> why? And you know NXT is like we talked about this earlier is like they you know they'll 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 do they'll you know they'll they'll completely like throw away Tegan in in Dakota to you know to try to get over. Uh, Raquel, you know, from time to time, we'll have one of those. Like, but it's just like, at least, 
at least when they do it on NXT, like I don't feel like that's half or not half the show. Most of the show is like trying to push acts that like aren't never going to have a shot in the presentation that I'm being given of them getting over ever. Uh, as opposed to you know, WWE, it's like oh god, like another oh aside from like Forgotten Sons, aside from the Forgotten Sons for like the last three years. Mm. Mm. But think about how. But we talked mission two, and we, actually it wasn't even that's was two years. But still, like let's go. If you want to go through it over the last two years, we we don't really have that much of it. And honestly, like the Lars, thing is like, huh? <laughs> Lars, Lars was two thousand eight, team two thousand eighteen. Yeah, Keith Lee his first match in, didn't he? I remember that. I was not happy. <laughs> was no. that his first match in Keith Lee's? Or a bunch of like early matches. It was early. I, I remember being yeah. yeah, yeah. Those ma- look the uh, the last Keith Lee in um in Lars match was slobber knocker. Like yeah, obviously you know people make the joke about the five star Lars thing, but like that dude ain't stiff, or that dude is not a stiff. Like is it somebody I want to see on my screen? No, but like that dude can could has something to him. Uh, like but he's too far gone now. You ever see him on your screen being stiff? Is that is that, <laughs> see that video? Um, we just I heard about move. the video. I did not see it. Did pause button there. That's a uh, that's terrible. That's but terrible. overall, I would I would agree. <laughs> NXT would would like um they the, like there's clearly a um a Quality system. There, no, there's clearly a system on on who they choose to use in NXT and who they don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of funny too. Where it was like when they brought up. Uh, uh, Chelsea and Deanna for for uh, that, oh that one God. show, and it was like, well, why did they use them? It's like, well, because they haven't been on NXT TV. It's like, well, okay, I can sort of get that, even though I always thought that was stupid. But then, why are you giving them entrances and whatnot, like acting like they're somebody? If you're just going to beat them and send them back down again, right. now they're on TV. So what does that mean? You can't bring them up to the main roster anymore. It's like, right. I don't know. And I also look, and this is no offense to to my dude there from Jersey. What's his name? Um, this is a green now. Uh, oh God, he used to be the DJ, not D, not DJ Z, but the other dude, Joaquin Wild. Oh, Robbie E. Robbie yeah, yeah, yeah. E. With the the new role, it's like I'm sorry, oh, Robert I, Stone. Robert Stone. That's what it is. I don't know, Robert Green. Chelsea. I didn't green know. I didn't know what his gimmick was before NXT, so I, I didn't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't Stoke know. Is I, right there. I see, I see Bronson Reed out there. I see Bronson out there missing that thing, and that thing is Stoke, and Stoke is right there. And right. what else does Stokely need to prove? On you know, and I know there's probably people there that he's a manager, he's this, he's whatever. But it's like I look at him and I I see a talented dude. I see right. what he's done. He's you know, hilarious. With, yeah, with video over the last, and this isn't just now. It's when he was with Game Changer and doing stuff with with Giancarlo or whoever. Like he was doing it with. It's like. Evolve stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just I remember seeing him in ROH, and I went to a tryout camp thing. I got invited there to watch, and it was he was one of the people, and they had him there. They had just started the Ramon thing with uh, with Moose, and it's like, why is his brother called Ramon? Number one, number two. <laughs> Because he's, he's doing this preacher gimmick, and he immediately starts the match off. And he does, you know, the hand extends the hand, drops to the knee, you know, the this every slimy heel bit, and it's like he's he's animated. You know, you could tell he hasn't wrestled all that much, right. you know. But it's like, what? And I just, I mean, I had to say something. Then it's like, why are you, why are you Ramon? Because that's what they want me to be. Okay, 
I was I was baffled. I had to ask people. I'm like, why is he like? Well, he's small. He's this. But you know, we like this about him. And then, and then it was just like, okay, <laughs> you know. And then obviously Moose left. They lost Stokely. He ended up going with Evolve or however that worked exactly. I, I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but it's like, you know, I I, I see him there, and I see, and again, this is nothing against. Robbie E, but I look at Stokely and I think of Bronson Reed out there who has impressed, and it's like, man, this is a combination that could work, even if yep. you don't think it's prime time. Like Kenny Bolin and Mo Green had a life in OVW. There are managers who never make it to the mainstream that like can help dudes like this and be that animated guy for a dude who can't talk because he's somebody you signed to the PC who used to play football or, or threw a javelin or whatever nonsense people that you got to come in there. Like you can utilize this man. Right. Maybe he can manage the Gronk. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but I tell you like, what, it's like, you know, a guy like Dio Madden who they send back down, if he was going to be a wrestler and it's like, I, although he could talk, but like you take one of these dudes who like, who, you know, isn't worth a damn out there talking. And it's like, I mean, again, like, I'm not saying, like, just back to Lars Sullivan for a minute before we found out all of these things about Lars. Like, you have a monster. You have this crazy dude. Much like you, Umaga. Like, mm-hmm. you know, could Fatu talk? Yeah, or whatever. Was, I can't remember what was last. I think he was a Fatu. But it's like, dude, was he? I can't remember now. I can't Damn remember. Eddie, regardless. I think his name was Eddie Fatu. Was he Fatu? Okay, yeah. The fam- I messed the families up. I don't want to get beat up because they're all Samoan <laughs> and big. But it's like, you know... Well, a guy like Lars is like, bring him in with a, a mouthpiece like Stokely and then have him turn on him, like, down the line if you want to turn him into a, you know, put him on his own, whether good or bad. Like, everybody's always beating up a manager. So it's like, utilize these people. And no offense to the characters they got out there as mouthpieces, but I bet Stokely would be better. Oh, yeah, he would be. And, and it's just like when they brought in uh, Leo to be the mouthpiece for Lashley uh, two years ago. And it's like, or roughly, no, about a 18 months ago, whatever the hell, 2018, and he was just like, Lashley was dead, was DOA, he was done, he was wet dope, and and you saw what happened with Leo breathing some, breathing some life into him, and then, like, it was just time to get, or in their mind, it was time to get rid of him, and it's like, okay, so now what does Lashley do? Oh, he's he's doing that with... <laughs> yeah, because Lashley, I've been talking about the person that always needed the help, because... I mean, he always needed a manager. He always needed something because he didn't have that something. Right. And you, you look, he's a zillion dollars. He's a great athlete. He's a great guy from all accounts. Like, there's all these reasons why he keeps getting these chances. But, again, like, Leo was perfect because on top of, of being the great mouthpiece and adding some color and some dynamic to him, somebody's got to get their ass kicked. Right. And it's hard. Again, it's like the, the Brock thing. It's like, well, who are you going to go up against Brock? They still got Lashley. Why? Because he looks like that. You yeah. know what I mean? But so it's like, who can beat Lashley's ass? I don't know, but I know he can beat Leo Rush's ass. You know, it was like the whole thing with like, you know, the cornet or the thought of cornet with, you know, back in the day or, or Paul Lee. Like, I can't beat Rick Rude. I can't beat Dennis Condry, but I can beat that dude's ass. <laughs> or, you know, at least that's what they wanted to make you believe. Right. And I Leo think- fucked you up quick. He's just, he's just small. Oh, yeah. And, and I think another thing with like the Leo thing at the time was just like, I thought they had to play with because, like, he was such a great talker, so charismatic, and he would go out there. He knew how to piss you off, Lashley, Lashley. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, and then and then the thing is, like, in his matches, it would be it would be such an easy such an easy pop for. He comes out, he cheats, you get pissed off, you go out to outside, 
He's so fast and quick, you can't actually get your hands on him. That makes the crowd even more upset about the heat. And then eventually, you get your hands on this fucking fly and swat him out the air. And the crowd pops. And then, you know, you know, WWE language, obviously, that means Lashley comes and spears you and then beats you. But whatever else. So, like, you got that payoff of, that, or that catharsis of this annoying fuck just got smashed. And it was awesome. And then they, you know, then they... Took him off TV and and now you know he's in two hundred five live or, or not in two hundred five or he's is in two hundred five live and on NXT and he's having matches that like Lashy never has but whatever like and he's not happy again it doesn't seem yeah like. and I mean, he's disappearing and putting like messages from the notes app up on Twitter again oh yeah yeah I mean if you're if you were that talented like think about it like I've said this before to you Rich like he's Black Mysterio like the dude's fucking incredible. Like, if I were him, remember, like, I think the deal was, uh, it was $300,000 allegedly was a deal that he offered him and he turned it down. I would have turned it down, too. Right. If you're that kind of talent, you're like, can you imagine him in AEW wrestling Pac or or Phoenix? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, like, I would turn that down, too, but I would be malcontent because I realize how good I am. I hope Leo Rush gets free one day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does too, but I hope he's ready when he does. And that's the thing yeah. is just, yeah, you know, you, you've got a rep behind you too, whether it's deserved or not, whether you, you know, whether it's even true or not, doesn't matter. You got, you got some people that look at you with a little side eye, like you're going to be here for the long run. Like when things get rough, like everybody can quit, you know, everybody wants to bring their family with them. Everybody wants to do this and that, but like, when things are hard, you're going to hang in there. And the reason I don't bang on him at all is because of the environment that he's in and the fact that he is young. And I know where he comes from. I know people from there. So it's like he's looking at things with a different perspective than I think. And I think in general, people don't give dudes like Leo Rush. They don't look at things from their perspective or the possibility of their perspective. But I don't know also what dude's got floating on in his mind, you know, as far as pressure he puts on himself or any limitations that he may have that way, you know, emotionally or any of that sort of stuff. So it's like, I hope when it does happen, I hope he's ready. I hope he's in that good place and I hope he's where he needs to be because he is that dude and he would be in that promotion with man. You see him as a, as a, as a baby face team with Darby against two, Dude, can you see him with Sammy just being the slimiest thin boy tag team you've ever seen in your life? You know, I mean, you just you put him in positions of like because he can just go and he can just do amazing things. I mean, you put him under a mask and you make him Black Mysterio or you give him something where at some point he's going to come out of that mask, obviously. But like you bring him in as like. Yo, who is this dude? You know what I mean? And I bet you he get over like a zillion dollars. I mean, the opposite right. of what he would be the superhero that that WWE thinks that they can make with Ricochet or think that they have with him. Yeah. You know, they would actually make with a Leo Rush. So it's like he's the sky is the I don't want to say is the limit with him because I think there is a limit on him. But boy, right. you know, the, 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 the height limit is there right now as far as the width of what he can do with his career and how wide he can make his bank account doing it. That's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, like, I think he's somebody that can come out there and on either side, heel or face, from what I've seen of him enough in the the work he has. Like, he's somebody that you put on a card and 
and he's a utility guy and you know you can beat him because of his size and then he can get a couple wins you know as a baby face against somebody um that of some type of caliber to set up a championship match where he eventually lose like there's no reason why he couldn't have gotten like you know that derby spot from um uh in november against jericho or you know i don't know beat somebody and like get a match against i don't know i'm trying to think of some of these other uh recent like or uh scorpio sky like he could be somebody in that spot where it's like utility player up and down the car in trios doing whatever else because of that level of talent. And um, it makes me think of a lot of these people in these situations, especially him because of, you know, his mouth. It makes me think of like, all right, it's one day, one day we'll see and it'll show and prove. And I like, I hope he hits the ground like Moxley did. Yeah. By the way, Scorpio Sky is a reminder of what happened to his singles push. And that's another thing that I think AEW, again, it's it's what some of their fan base, I don't know if I have to tell you, I've heard other people point this out. You know, a, a lot Where of people are the have, black people? have their own opinions on, yes, on how they, they decide to push uh, brown people and, and how they feature them on posters and what one word was said, you know, early on about how we're going to feature these and, and market mm-hmm. people and and put them in creative positions and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. And at some point, and again, they, you know, they made a lot of grandiose claims that I think people, if you looked at logically, oh, we're going to, man, the Mid-South fans going to love, man, you can't hire Sonny Kiss, the Young Bucks, uh, this, that, and the third, and go, well, that old Mid-South fan is going to come running back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, so you had to take it with some grains of salt, but you understood, like, if you read between the lines kind of what they were going to do right but one of the things they did talk about was the 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 level of diversity and they they initially started with some hits and they made it look good on the surface of Mm -hmm. again bringing in nyla rose bringing in sunny kiss you know we're gonna feature scorpio sky we're gonna do private party but then okay you know i believe it's there in their women's divisions and their tag divisions but their singles men's divisions nah it's it's which is it's it's, it's historically Yeah, and again, historically, this isn't even my fight to fight. I don't have to because everybody else is going to do it. You know, it's historically, we know what this is. (laughs) You know, whether you want to say it or not, it's going to be, even if you don't mean it to be, uh, they're sure there's going to be people look from the outside and go, you can say what you want, but if there's nobody there, you can say it's, it's all honest and Cody is the bigger star and this is this and this is this, but like, okay, well, who's, who's the hangman that's not hangman? Who else are you building up here? Where else are you going to scout people? Where are you? Fi- I mean, why is Billy <laughs> no, Mac not signed? Pissed me off. Like I was like, you were I fucking this dude for months on Twitter, and nothing. Like I'm like, all right. Why was Eddie Kingston? Why was Eddie Kingston not signed from Jump Street? Some, I mean, I don't. Nobody can tell me why. Like he shouldn't be on the NWA, and that's no offense, but like. <laughs> Even if he's not a long-term guy, like that mouth and the fact that he's worked with all of these people, whether it be Chikar or something, it's like that's just one of those. He's just one example of dudes where it's like, and again, maybe they did offer him, you know, something and he didn't take the bag or whatever. But it's like, I don't think that you did. (laughs) And and I'm I'm not bashing your commitment, but I do have a right as a fan that's watched for a long time to have some cynicism. Yeah. That's that's where I sit the whole time watching it. I'm like, okay, like you have Sunny Kiss, Scorpio Sky, as far as far, far as black wrestlers and or black male wrestlers, and it's like, okay, like I don't have these worries about your women's division. I don't have these worries about your tag division. 
um, with Private Party and the Lucha Bros and um, SCU. Like I don't, I don't really have those those sorts of uh, concerns. And then you bring in, you know, uh, whatever eight or triple triple uh, uh, wrestlers you guys have from time to time. Uh, that I think they need to bring in more, but it is what it is. Um, but when you see, you just look at like, all right, what's the top six in the in the men's division or whatever else? Or you look at their, you know, those standings or rankings that they put out weekly, and it's like, yeah, um, all I see is white people. <laughs> all I see is white men. Like this looks, this looks really, this, this looks like a real like uh, forum for like Eminem's greatest wrestler rapper of all time uh, thing right now. Like this, all these pictures, like okay, all right, like and don't get me wrong, like most of them are doing great work. So I'm not, I'm not knocking at it, but it's like there are so many talented wrestlers that aren't just white men in this world. I watch them on all these different places. Like, can you, can you just trip over one and, on accident? I say this is sports, right? You're, this is a simulation of sport. Still to AEW, that's how they're they're playing themselves as different than WWE. Yeah, great. Look, let's look at sports. That's not <laughs> that's not hockey. So now, if you want to be hockey, you can put a ceiling on yourself. That's understandable. But from there, let's take a look. Baseball with with how many? Forget about black people. That's a brown man sport. You know, how many Dominicans, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans? Like, have you reached out? To, you're in Florida. You know, you got a market for anybody besides Phoenix and Pentagon. Like, you know, again, and then you look at every other sport and it's like, where is the representation here? It's not even close to being equal. And there are people out there that you could sign. You're signing people on levels. I mean, look, you've signed Swole, you know, yep. with, with her experience level. Like, there's other there's i mean well ar fox is i guess linked in with evolve so you can't yeah. do it but again there's, there's a whole pipeline <laughs> well yeah i mean there's, there's great examples out there though of like a zillion people you could in theory bring in if you wanted and at some yeah. point you got to make the decision on what you want to be to all of your base wwe has ignored theirs and they're uh, they pay for that and they're going to pay for it more and more as time goes on too it's just you can't shit on a base for as long as you have Without at some point, at some point something's going to give. Yeah, like I think me. And That's Rich, what I was saying. Like, okay. Yeah, like me and Rich were talking about this. Um, oh, at some point earlier in the year. Um, and oh, I said probably at the beginning, like the first few pay per views for for AEW, and you listen to like, all right. Look at Lucha Bros come out. Look at Private Party come out. Um, Scorpio Sky and look at Nyla Rose. Look at um, you know the Joshis, and then you would see like they would come out for and you hear the the soundtracks to these um to these shows or whatever. So like it's hip hop influenced or whatever else. And it's like okay, like they're going towards a younger 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 generation slash like they realize like you look at the streaming charts and you see what's actually people are actually listening to. And then you go back and you watch NXT or WWE and it's like SmackDown, SmackDown's music is like some fucking knockoff ACDC shit. Right. And then, and then you look at NXT and it's like, Oh, Slipknot. Like, look, I like Triple H's taste in metal, but bro, like how much metal are you going to put on all these takeover soundtracks? Yeah. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I remember being in the crowd at Fighter Fest, and it was just like it, during every intermission, it was like they was playing something that was hard. I, I I don't remember like what they were playing, but it was just like the theme song for it. And it was like, oh okay, uh, I like how they're rapping this. And it's like you kind of you kind of get a feeling of like for me, anyways, like okay, some of these aesthetic choices 
are on point. Like there's some putting of putting of uh, your money where your mouth is in that situation, as opposed to like WWE is like, yeah, they'll hire up a bunch of us, but but won't do shit with them. <laughs> right? Like, 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 yeah. It is. Well, I mean, they hired Dasha, but okay. So you have a a woman of I guess it would be either Spanish or, or Latino descent that is doing your best. But where else is where else are your announcers? Where's uh, your media people? Where's anybody? And again, it, it's not just on the screen. It's where's anybody behind it? And, and I, you know, again, this is not to. I don't know what everybody's background is. You know, I don't. You know, I think Alex Marvez is is, is Cuban. I, I if I can't if I remember right, I'm trying to remember. But it's like so I don't know anybody's real background or anything. But with that said, like. The diversity's got to be also more than just in the ring, too, because then that's what starts. That's why the Rooney rule was, was really put into effect. And granted, it's been bastardized and everything. But it's like the idea was you had to see these people and maybe yep. like you, somebody signs them on as an assistant and maybe that person makes it to be a coach. And then that coach brings in other people. And like the the problem, obviously, was this was supposed to move up the chain and get into front office. But again, that type of stuff some some a domino has always got to drop like and it either gets pushed over or you knock it over yourself and they should be knocking it over themselves again because once you start bringing in other people with other ideas who look at things differently they help to look at you you know help you look at things differently so right. they, they've got to start doing some of that i feel of course now me talking about this it's like everybody saw the eddie murphy saturday night live i'm sure when like you know all right, Chris, let me just piggyback on what he said. <laughs> but it's like, you know, that's what I feel like. But it's like you look again. <laughs> I don't know. I guess everybody comes from somewhere different. I've always looked at WWE and how they have treated their black fan base and their, their you know, basically really the Mexican fan base more than anything. Like February was a bad race. month. Yeah, it's like, like bro, like it, like black people went over everything in WWE in uh, February. And Bianca lost, Street Profits lost their <laughs> uh, their match on pay per view. Uh, Naomi was in a title match. She lost. It's hard um, to tell this to the mainstream wrestling media and the people in the general, where it's like because Bruce Mitchell takes a lot of hits for it because he'd be kicking it real. He will at least say it, yeah, and, and great, regardless of what you might think of him. Like or might think of what he's saying, or he's being the one that says it. It's like he's speaking truth because there are people who believe this, whether you believe it or not, does not invalidate their opinions. And in fact, history is on these people's side because if you were treated and your characters were treated in the same way that these people have, who have real life every day, got to deal with this shit, so they can't even escape into their escapism because then they're locked down there too and get slapped in the face or spit in the face. It, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> this shit's got an effect. And it does not breed, if nothing else, it's not going to breed any confidence in you. And it doesn't breed any want for me to separate myself from dollars. Because when you come with your hand out to me, you know, I'm going to ask you why. You know, who looks like me? What what looks like me? What sounds like me? That's been one of my things with AEW is you got Griselda in the front row every single show. Yeah. Maybe you ought to utilize them for music because some of your music besides Jericho sucks. <laughs> oh, yes. You got MJF, but like you got, I mean, I'm sorry. It's sorry. It's, it is. And it's just like utilize this more. Give me something. And I get it. You don't look. Tony Khan's got all the money in the world. You can get somebody to do something original. You know what I mean? Like somebody can make some beats. Somebody, if Jim Johnson could come up with like, like he came up with Steve Blackman's, and like if you can't even come up with that, like come on, 
somebody <laughs> gets some flavor in here somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know where to take this from here, but yeah, I, I agree with I hundred I percent agree. Just <laughs> um Especially the part about like uh, most of AEW's music being trash, I guess. <laughs> like, it's, like uh, is it just like a thing? Is it just like a thing where like Russ Single Turner just has to have bad music in general? Is that is that like a thing? I, I, I don't know. I think I disagree with like the the overall trashing of the AEW music because the um. Well, like, I think we're at a spot. I think we're at a place now where like most. WWE too, like most of their music, like like ever since we got that Nakamura, like it's been, it's been kind of like garbage. Yeah, because Sammy Guevara's music super hard. The Lucha Bros music is hard. The Dude, new Lucha oh, Bros music is hard. Okay, do me a favor, pull up the lyrics of Sammy Guevara's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, song. Like he's rapping, what he's rapping about Sammy Guevara as Sammy Guevara comes out. Last two on the nose. What's the big deal? Oh, huh? okay. Darby Allen's music is hard. That's yep. That's Hangman's cool. music is hard. I don't know. Well, that's, but, 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 but that's grandfathered in. That's not AEW's actually. Exactly. Music. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you Hangman. I'll give you Darby. I'll give you MJF. I'll give you Vic Jericho. Is hard. Carl Sheeta's is hard. Rios is not right. good. Okay. Rios is Rios from from forever ago. Like that's hers from from Gato Move slash uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, same thing with Yuka Sakazaki. How they they changed her music and brought it back. Uh, trying to think. Nyla Rose's music la- takes forever to get into. Hikaru Shida's music takes forever to get into. I I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Kenny. I like Kenny's. Um, the Young Bucks is the Young Bucks has always been the Young Bucks. Um, Jurassic Express, like I think a lot of it also comes down to like I don't know when this changed or whatever else, but like these songs don't have people like singing or rapping on them too. Like so, I also think it just feels like okay, so this is just like some generic well, shit. Mox is too. hard, huh? Moxley's is hard. Yeah, but Mox is also like a, a, a really deep play on like his Ambrose stuff too, with the rev up at the beginning too. So like I and and I also it's not it's not as I'd rather I prefer the in, in the New Japan Moxie music too. So I had like six of them. There's like again seventy two others. I just no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's six have a up. private party. Let's have a private party. You're right on the nose. You hit you over that, the fucking the head. You example. don't fucking get it. You dumb motherfucker. It's a <laughs> private party. It's like okay. Like you may as well, you know what? If that wasn't their music, they'd probably be like shots, 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 shots. Every That's clearly what. That's clearly what they're going for. Yes, that yeah. 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 Who the hell? Well, I forget the name of that group, but that's exactly what L-M-F-A-O. I think of. This shots thing. It's like I don't know if that's not a party I'm trying to go to, and that's not a private party either. So let's stop with that. Yeah, I, was it LMFAO? Right. That's what that was. No, well, yeah, I was about yeah. to say three hundred three, but it, it was just whatever Ooh, new version of it it was. Three hundred three. Yo, you brought me back. Yes, that was like the old <laughs> Doctor Luke stuff before, like he got himself in trouble. <laughs> oh man. Um. I mean, I, I mean, we just banged on AEW's music. Rich defended it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where else to go. Um, well, I mean, Proud Powerful's music is hard too. Uh, it's cool. I don't love it. It's that's cool. the thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, like there, there are some. There are very few that I like. I guess that's really more the main thing for me. And like a lot of them are just like either too on the nose or just like oh, there's no music. Like I like Loser Bros a lot. Um, 
I like, oh, you know what I do like? The new one with uh, Death Triangle. I love that music. <laughs> uh, so, I, so like, not all of these are misses, but I feel like... Just in general, the whole. I, th- I think. Story. I think. I think. I think it's overblown. Like on. Oh, I didn't the, know. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing online. I, oh yeah. Oh, okay. I thought. I thought I was just like my my personal opinion and like you know, but I mean, aid. Sean Spears hard. Yeah, it's nah. cool. Um, it sounds like a Logic song. Um, what <laughs> you, know, uh, you know who did it? You, you you know who did it? The dude who? that works in NXT. The the little dude that that raps for NXT. Oh, Josiah. He, Yes, he he did the. Uh, Sean he didn't Spears get fired movie. for that. <laughs> nah, why would he get fired for that? Why does anyone get fired from WWE for some poli- for <laughs> crossing your political lines because they're petty? Good for him. I saw him um, at the Jacksonville show, uh, the all woman show. I saw him. Um, he was doing ring duty or whatever else. I told, I asked him like when he did because I was like uh, a couple weeks removed from when uh, they won the. Um, one Survivor Series, and they mm-hmm. did the intro thing, and he made his own little custom song about how they beat the brakes off of uh, the main roster. I was like, mm-hmm. so did you record that? Did they have it? He was like, yeah, um, I recorded it. I don't know what they're going to do with it, and then it was like, well, I liked it, so appreciate you. Those beat the brakes. Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, you know, he does that Russell rap stuff, and like, it's good stuff. I, I enjoy the stuff for, you know, obviously for the, you know, the perspective of he's trying to lay out a story or whatever else at the time, but dude's obviously talented, but what what utilization do they have when they got him bringing Slipknot and, and, and uh, Poppy to, to, to play in the Io Shirai yeah. and, and, and uh, Adam Rose? Adam Rose, my God. Adam Cole all the time. Ouch, Adam Rose. <laughs> Ooh, on that note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike, appreciate, appreciate you coming no to hate, this show. No way, Jose, to that. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, another, I mean, I'm sorry. Here's another great example. A person of color, just as an example. Of like, so he can dance. Like, I remember when they signed him, and you see Valenzuela or whatever dude's name was, and it's like, it's a big motherfucker. It's like he's a big. Oh, player. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no like way, he's Jose. got a look. It's like he's way early in the game, so that's bad. But like he's he's big and he's he's got a good look to him. He obviously can move. He's got footwork. Obviously, if he can dance his ass off, and it's like I remember sitting there looking, and it's like I wonder if they're gonna make dude a dancer. Damn if they didn't make this dude worse than a dancer. <laughs> he just like he's the head of a conga line. Like I, I it's just I, I want to say he didn't blow me away because that's what they do. But it's like. You needed another Adam Rose. You had a cheeseburger suit that some idiot had to fit in. So it's just like, what does he do? He dances. And hey. It's like you can't blame Vince for this one. Like this is a this is a Triple H. This Triple is H and NXT. And I know what he was probably thinking. Like you're going to be on the main roster with this. But like as soon as you gave him that name and that gimmick, like that was yo, it. you're you're no way Jose for the rest of your damn life. So. Start getting beat, and like you'll be the first to dance your ass back to catering every day. So I guess you got that going for you, but brutal. Hey, last question, Mike. Are you the exalted one? Uh, can you imagine me being the exalted <laughs> one for them? Can you imagine? Hey, I just I, I, I'm trying to cover all bases here. I, you know? I, I kicked Stu Grayson right in his hey. nuts first thing. Like, if you don't have Poutine, then I have no time for you Quebecers. Get out of here. Both I, of y'all beat up the young boys. I'll bring in Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin to beat them up. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be Captain New Japan, except the good one. <laughs> so, so, I mean, in that situation, 
Um, you would then get a check from AEW, so then you can match what the internet believes of Meltzer and Alvarez. So then you'd be like, "Look, I'm same same club. We all in the same tax bracket. Now what?" Man, have we? Man, if you got that, I mean, I've seen almost. I've seen whether it be Sean Radican, Sean Ross Sapp, Alvarez. As soon as you, there's the one thing about well, you're on the payroll. Like on both sides, it's like I. I wish I was on the payroll. I wish I was on the payroll. Because believe me, this ain't cutting it. <laughs> I, I love I love every Brian that I work for and everything, but like between that and shoot jobs, like, you know, I'll I'll take a big cushy paycheck. I'll I'll come out to your bad music. That's no problem. Like I, it's we can negotiate anything. Come out there and laugh with a chick. You know, it it ain't nothing. That's <laughs> Buy us out. Look, man, I can't wait to turn this to the Saudi Arabian Wrestling Podcast Network on behalf of WWE, and we do, like, you know, whatever amount of podcasts uh, per two shows per year. I can't wait. I tell you, here's the one thing about that AEW money, too, is I'd go out. I could only lie for so long before I'd have to, like, I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. But then again, I've made nothing stretch, so I can imagine. I just need a couple of checks to clear, and I'll probably be... That's I'll be lotto rich for at least a while. That's <laughs> I, can, I got enough to buy scratch offs and do a couple three team parlays when sports comes back. I can make this thing work. I just I can do this. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, well, well let, we appreciate, let them know. Well, yeah, we yeah, appreciate, we appreciate you, Mike. you doing the show again, Mike. So let them know where they can reach you. Uh, get your plugs out. That's probably if you want to just punch me in the face after this, I can be booked for that too. At uh, Sempervivi on Twitter is the easiest place to get to me. S e m p e r v i v e. Know your Latin. Always alive. That's what that means. I swear that's what that means. Even though I don't feel like it most of the time. At Sempervivi on Twitter, I do radio shows. I'm available for hire. I really am. Uh, I'm independently contracted by Brian Alvarez to do Wrestling Observer Live. I am on with him every Sunday through Thursday, Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, He also does a show with Jim Valley on Fridays. Jim's got the show on Friday on his own. That's all part of the WrestlingObserver.com, Mighty Empire slash F4W Online Empire and website. So you can find out all the information there. I also, because I have to talk about so much modern wrestling, uh, I got into my feelings bag and, and started to explode and needed a way I could vent and, and, and look at things in a positive fashion. I do that by crawling back to my youth, and I do a show called the Mid-Atlantic Championship Podcast, which you can find at midatlanticpod.com. It is a member of the Arcadian Vanguard uh, Network. We go back to the WWE Network and review old Mid-Atlantic Championship podcasts as they appear on the network, as well as adding some contests and some historical value to them, kind of let you know, what is going on in the rest of the world at this time, why some of the things you see on TV are the way they are, and because it's the WWE Network and so many things are edited off or there's an overlay over or an overdubbing going on, we let you know what was taking place there as well as playing promos from some of the other shows that they had going on, whether it be East Coast Wrestling, Worldwide Wrestling, or Maple Leaf Wrestling, which they still had up until 1984. So we, we talk about all that stuff. And from there, the Adam and Mike Big Audio Nightmare, which you can also find at the WrestlingObserver.com website. Our muse is Japanese wrestling, where we talk about a whole bunch of everything, which is going to make a lot of sense right now while there is no Japanese wrestling or nothing the hell else. So you can at least (laughs) catch me there and all that sort of stuff. And 
that was a that was a long plug right there. But I, I got shit to do, and I need all the money I can get. So I got a cash app. Uh, it's the dollar sign Semper Vivi. Uh, PayPal, paypal.me backslash, I think it's Semper Vivi, but that's, you just DM me on Twitter if you want to send me money. We'll figure out a way. <laughs> yeah, man, I watched some of that Mid Atlantic uh, a couple months ago on a random. I love the theme music on that show. It's like, dun 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 dun. Uh, you know, it drives me nuts because like Don Ray's got to have loving is just it's a it's a great theme and it's such a ridiculous theme for wrestling. But like as annoying as the overdubs are, like when you compare it to some of the other stuff, like it's obnoxious. But like Jimmy Valiant's music kind of sort of fits him. And what they use for the Mid-Atlantic show is far better than some of the music they've used for other stuff. So I won't complain too much about it. Yeah. Yeah, JYD's um overdub on the that, network. That's a great example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, speaking of um, the big audio nightmare, like, um, so, like, y'all talked so much about how good Jay is, Jay White is, in like, I saw it at the beginning of 2018. You so Oh, I'm man. still on it because it's even worse. I mean, it's the dome out, Mike. <laughs> Twice. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> maybe it's time for maybe next time you're old, we'll have it. We'll continue the conversation. Maybe we'll let this play out more and more. But I, I'm sorry, like I, I'm, up the dome. Oh. Okay, he had a great match. However, like if you think of semi-main events in recent uh, King or Russell Kingdom history, like it was that man had enough. a story to tell. He had a story oh, to tell in that match. He always has a story to tell. What is yeah. he ever going to just wrestle and, and 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 not do the bullshit? Like, <laughs> like okay, I have a question. If they did a Jay White versus Cody match, does it ever end? Man, why are you looking at it? Do, do a Jay White Larry Zabisco match and ask if it ever starts? Oh God! I oh mean, God. look, God. look, that's the whole thing. And I, I love the stall. I like what they're. I like the pieces that I like the path that they're on and the pieces they're putting into place. And I've seen them lay this path out before, mm-hmm. and in different ways with Finn, in a different way with AJ, in a different way with Kenny, and this is a different way with Jay and Jay. I, I, the one thing they have to be careful about is pushing it to the point of apathy, but they do a very good job getting the most out of people booing the shit out of this man and <laughs> wanting to punch this man in the face. And I think it helps. I really do. I don't think, you know, they always play up the fact that people are storming out and leaving. They never are. And they're yeah, there right, and they're right. in rapt attention. But like how they've been able to, how they've been able to play that up to me, I think has been good. And I think ultimately, when given a chance to either because something's going to give with the bullet club and either he's going to take it over and be the real leader of it, or he's going to split off or, or, you know, something's going to give there mm-hmm. because I still don't think he's had the chance to, because he hasn't, they haven't given him the staff and say, go, you know, they, they put him in a tough spot with Kenny leaving and they went ahead and they did what they did. And I don't think a lot of people thought it devalued the belt and it was going to do this and that. And I thought like a lot of what happens with what Gato does and what New Japan does, it's overblown. It's like, let it play out first because yeah. usually it does okay. And I think even that turned out okay. And I just think when it comes time, here's the thing. When it's not, when it's time to drop the bullshit and it's, you know, you're going to go out there and not do the stall and all that sort of stuff and just left up to his own devices as a worker, he's going to score. And I think people don't I like, the shtick and the bullshit 
But I think they'll come around to the if they're not really around to the dude now, they'll come around to the dude. And I think the people that like this dude that don't like all the bullshit and hullabaloo, man, they're probably the ones that also didn't like it when he came to anybody else with the Bullet Club and just want to see this dude out there being him. And I think I think that's there. Whereas I think with some other people, you especially like in WWE and stuff like that, when they're put in positions of being you know, ramrodded, per, you know, purposely to also get a rise out of people, people, you know, they'll either push back or be apathetic. I, I, I honestly think the New Japan fan base, I think when given the chance to see Jay White as Jay White, you know, and not just a tool for Gato and not just a tool, period, <laughs> you know, I think it's actually going to come out a lot more. I just, I don't know. I Maybe I see something that's that's there with Jay White that other people don't. I, I feel that way a lot because you're not the only one. You know, he's a... He seems to be a 60-40 prop where 60% of the people don't like his ass. 40% of us are going, you're not seeing it, you know, and 60% are going, yeah, because it ain't there. <laughs> you know, it's just, we'll have to see the way it plays out and goes, but I think I think he's in a good spot, and I think they're in a good spot with him. Yeah, I see it, right, because, like, he's, no, he's not a bad wrestler by any means, but so just knock off the bullshit and wrestle, or at least knock off half of the bullshit. Like, I don't need the matches filled with this. The same thing when it goes with Cody. It's like, I don't need my matches filled with Gaga. It's okay to do a spot here or there. I don't need it to be like literally every single, you know, transition in a match from the, to get to from the first act of it to the second act of it to the conclusion. Like, just get the fuck out of your own way. Do one <laughs> thing or two things and get on. Like, I, I just, I just hate that stuff so much. It's like, this obviously I'm not going to be like this is this isn't wrestling because clearly it is but it's like this isn't a wrestling I enjoy at all <laughs> oh, like Cody it's like so much shit is going on with Cody 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 Cody's match with MJF I don't think I don't think y'all like killed it enough for the fact that like this <laughs> man MJF bladed off the fact that Cody kicked him with a bootless shoe yeah that was not good that yeah. uh, that no and, and you knew what they I mean <laughs> I don't know. I that's that's one of those holes, and yeah, I guess maybe should have jumped on that more. I mean, that match, I didn't. There was I didn't even touch on when I reviewed that show on WOL. I didn't even talk about Dustin and Swagger because there was all this other stuff to talk about. Like that was ended up being good. That I kind of put both of those, right? You know, on on the back burner. But I mean, when it fails, this is one thing. When it fails with Jay White, you know, if it fails, there's at least a bunch of other safeguards there. Like when Cody. Something's not going to hit, and when it fails, it's going to be spectacular because there are these all these moving parts that, like, with Brandy and DDP out there and Arn's out there, and you got people on the other side because they need to be Bro, out they there. got people in Nightmare Family jackets I ain't never seen before, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and there's an entrance going on, and here's the dog, and what is this? And, like, there's so much shit where it, when it goes south one day, it's going to go way south, and it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that both, you know, creatively and both, like, in the media and in the press where he gets killed because it's going to happen. That, that's why I want Kenny Omega far away from this man. I, I, I had to watch those two matches in 2018. I don't want any more. Keep him away from the pure main event wrestling. I'm good. He's the daddy. I think the best part about this is, like, the reason why I'm laughing so hard is because, like, Floyd's going to hear this and Floyd's going to be furious. <laughs> Floyd is the biggest 
Cody fan you could imagine. Yeah, I'm gonna get shit for this. Hopefully, when he did your plugs, he he presses pause on it or he just stops the podcast. Or maybe he knows like, wait, there's another like 15 minutes. What's going on? Hopefully, he just misses this part. But oh. I'm sure he's gonna hear it and we gonna get shit for this for like the next week. But I'm Boy. glad that there was somebody besides just us that talked about Cody uh, in a way like of the constructive criticism we have for Cody. Because like honestly, for me, like. My biggest gripe with AEW all year, all of uh, so far this entire run has been the fact that like that dude was that hot, that dude was cutting promos like that, that dude was going out here and when he doesn't doesn't do bullshit in his matches, we're having these uh, good matches consistently, and then they decide to cut him off and say and make it add on this step that added nothing to his drawing power or gate. And just made it to where he can never be champion. I thought that was like the dumbest fucking thing ever. And like no nobody like hates that thing as much as me. And I'm just like losing my mind. Like wait a second, you have this top baby face, and the top baby face can never become the the win the top prize in the company. We've almost like what's the point of this promotion anymore now? And well, like I feel like I'm the only person that's like shouting this because I realize like the amount of good work that Cody did, but. Then he also does his goofy stuff, and then like Floyd, for example, the only hears is when I like shit on 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 Cody when he does his goofy stuff. So I just gave him a whole bunch of positivity about how much I believe in Cody, and then he's only hear about it. You're still on this thing about Cody does bullshit his matches, so whatever. It is what it is, Floyd. Floyd, unfold your arms right now because I know you're sitting there mad and angry, and I know <laughs> you're mad and angry probably for a lot of reasons. Why your parents named you Floyd? I don't know. Man. Oh goddamn it! I don't know why, and I don't know why. Well, maybe they maybe they saw Dusty Rhodes put Baby Doll on the horse, and she ran away with him. She ran away from him, and that was the, the horse's name was Floyd, and and Baby Doll made him sway back. Okay, she so was, she was a bigger, bigger, bigger block, and, and kind of put it on him, and maybe that's why you're still upset because like there was a Rhodes that shit on you, but now you see a new Rhodes that can bring you and your name up to a higher level, and I get that, and I get that, but unfold them hands, pull yourself together, hold yourself, and, and understand that. Cody is his daddy, and unlike James, I understand where he's going with this because there's going to be a long-term story that gets built in where this, where, where Cody makes the fans want to cheer his name and to hear him and go, you know what, we need to have this title match. I'm going to write into AEW. Like, I see this coming from a mile away. I know that's what they're going to do. I get that's what they're going to I'm do gonna fully for it, understand it, completely get it. With that said, Cody... You're burning through a lot of things. You've got a long <laughs> way to go with this, and I saw your dad do it. And I'm just saying, like, like at the beginning of the show, a lot of people look at Cody and go, "Man, what a baby face!" Nah, he's every bit of heel. <laughs> and I, I don't know how this whole thing's going to play out, but watch your formula, Cody. Whether it be outside the ring, whether it be inside the ring with your moves, like. You're getting cute because you are getting a little bit of a pass because there's been a lot. Look, when the aesthetics are good, when some of the the, the side and the peripheral stuff is good, it, it brightens the rest of the picture. It's like having a shitty, it's like having a main event that doesn't really click. It's like to me, it's like the women's elimination chamber. It's like if that show was humming, people mm-hmm. wouldn't be so upset with kind of how it ended right. and Shayna and the, the waiting time and all that. But right. it wasn't. So on the end, you know, as an exclamation point on what was already a shitty show and, and not people a show that people weren't feeling, it didn't work. And that's where Cody's got to be careful because, <laughs> as the song says, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And that's <laughs> one thing. That he's continued on with, so we'll see how it goes. But Floyd, don't worry, I got more confidence in, in Cody than James does. But but understand that you you might have some oh I don't know hard times. 
<laughs> I, I don't even, I'm not even gonna do an intro out this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. check out the shows on the on the rest of the uh, on the rest of the net on the network um, from keeping it strong style to uh, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast to Groman Watch this shit to get that show still on. Which show? Groman oh, Watch this shit. Oh man, yeah. Who's hosting that now? Chris Bryan and, and Jeremy, like usual. Oh man, they're still around. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's, let's and also all things elite with Floyd, <laughs> Tiffany, and and Amy. So, oh uh, man, I should have waited on jumping on the show till Floyd again, man. Yes, I you should have. You should have. Yeah, like they they dub uh, all things elite as the the podcast with a proclivity for positivity. It is rainbows and sunshine, uh, sunshine, and it's almost as if like the AEW wrestlers are their their own kids and i love it and it's so positive and like sometimes like it's so positive makes you wonder like damn am i always this negative what is wrong with me am i a bad person because like tiffany floyd and amy are great positive uplifting people and i just mean i'm just like yeah this is good yeah this is great yeah this was bad this is okay but like they are definitely some um what do you call it uh alan uh, farrell it's like um, to i'm sorry uh, glass half full types and i and i love it and I'm glad we had that diversity on the show. But me, like me and Rich, we just like, look, man, like a lot of this stuff is goofy wrestling, and we just gonna call it goofy wrestling as it is. <laughs> but uh, thank God you didn't tell him about the conversation at the bar after last year's Madison Square Garden show at WrestleMania. Whereas I'm trying to think of the first time I, it may have been I was on the show after that, where it was like, y'all are already doing an AEW show. It's like not even a thing yet. Like what are you like what? Like cuz y'all I had to had the first one. Had to have had the first one. You're one of the first. I think it, I think we were probably like this like first or second. <laughs> you one of the first. Like, 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 talk about yet. Like what are you talking about? Oh, but there was. There was. <laughs> yes sir. Yes sir. I was wrong. So see there Floyd I was wrong. I'll say it. Unlike my co-host, Brian Alvarez, not even the co-host. This is his damn show. We'll tell you that every time he can. Sorry, yes. Sorry, stuff. But anyway, the money's always on time from PayPal every 20th, so I do like that. But regardless, I'll say I was wrong. He won't. I will. So I apologize for it. Y'all did have a lot to talk about. Y'all did do a good job. Don't listen to me. Go get you. And all that has been real. It's been real. Later. <laughs> credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 